Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome, Welcome back. Another episode of Redeeming Lit Podcast. Your fave ladies are back at it. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm literally... Okay, listen, <laughs> listeners. Listen, listeners. <laughs> listen, listen. Up, listen if you know me, you know. How many times have you heard me say on this podcast, I literally finished this book... On the way here. On the way here. <laughs> Fill in the blank. So many times. Very recently. I'm telling you, I finished this book days Four ago. Four days ago to be exact. And I have not been able to... Th- I've not been able to read anything else. <laughs> I have been thinking about this book non-stop. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to talk about this book today. What the heck? And Madeline, what book is that oh, that we're reading? Good. We, sh- we should tell people. What a great segue. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Memory Lane by our homegirl, Becky Wade. <laughs> oh my God, this book. Um, I've also made the blanket statement that forever, for as long as this podcast exists, we will read a Becky Wade book every season. I'm totally fine with that. Becky 100%. Wade is phenomenal. I mean, Becky, if you're listening to this, you're a genius. You're genius. a genius. Uh, 100% agree. Oh like, my God. We, we're obsessed. We're, we're obsessed. obsessed. Also, listeners, for those of you who are fans since season one, we actually created the Spoon Scale because of the book that we read last season. The Becky Wade book. Yes. Because we thought it was so spoony that it has been to us like the reason why we started that and still maintain with the exception of some biblical fiction and a few other <laughs> Sure, books. sure, sure. So a Becky, yeah. thank you for thank ushering you. in a whole new era for a daily Lit podcast. <laughs> I like to think, this is my own, my own personal... Oh, I'm so excited to hear what this I'm is. I'm just choosing to think this. There was a little nod in this book. There was a little something-something. That I personally believe. I'm choosing yes. to believe it. I actually thought about Becky that too. Becky put in because of us. <gasps> I know exactly what you're talking about. And I really yes. hope that's true. I know oh my God. God. <laughs> I don't know. I am not stating that as a fact. I'm just saying I'm personally choosing to believe okay. that that is why that little snippet was included. Wait, can we say it? Why yeah. can't we say it right now? Yeah. Let's we say can it. say it right now. Because I really want to tell everybody my reaction when I got to that part okay. of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so there's a part. I don't know the context right now because you don't, and honestly, you don't need it. Yeah. Um, but there's a part where the main character mm-hmm. is talking to, the main female character is talking to the main male character. Mm-hmm. And she says something about how all he needs to do is jump into a pond, a la, and come out with a wet shirt, a la. Colin Firth. And the 1995 Brian Project. And then he was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, ugh, it's a Mr. Darcy reference. I can't believe you didn't get it. Whatever. And I, okay, I cannot tell you, listeners, I cannot, I wish that you had seen me. I was sitting on the couch during nap time. My children were napping. And I was sitting on the couch. I was reading the book on my phone. I threw my phone on the ground, stood up from the couch, and went, oh my gosh! And sat back down. Amazing. I literally like couldn't believe it. I read it twice. So I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so I really hope that even, even if not, it's a great reference. But I love that it's that's a fabulous reference. Yeah. I'm still choosing to believe that. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love it. Um, little housekeeping to kind of kick things off here. As per usual, we got kiddos. So don't be alarmed if you hear a baby so many cry. Sweet ones. He's perfectly happy. He's just 
you know, fight and sleep yeah. as kids do. Yeah. Um, and then we also have that this book in particular is not a part of any theme. So yeah. we, we like to create a buffer between, and I, I feel like this is also go, going back to our roots as oh, a podcast sure. because we've really stretched ourselves this season. It has been delightful. Yeah. But I will still never not be a fan of romances. The Becky Wade buffer. Yes. You know what I'm saying? The Becky oh, Wade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this, wow. this book was, was this so book good. Was so I, good. Okay, okay. We have to get into this. Okay, okay yes. wait. wait okay. One more thing before we move into our first into our segments. Mm-hmm. Um, there is quite a few oh, trigger yes. warnings. Yes, Madeline, sure. tell us about them. For this book, uh, the biggest being sexual assault yes. is a big theme in this book. There's mm-hmm. descriptions mm-hmm. of the assault experience. Yes. So if that is triggering to you, please be aware that there is yeah. description of that experience in this book. You need to know that. Um, the other thing is amnesia. Brain injury kind of situation. Almost drowning. And there's su- suicide as yeah, well. Yeah, suicide. So this deals with some, obviously, very heavy subject heavy matter. Topics, yeah. Um, but, wow. The way that Becky weaves this together. Oh, it's a masterpiece. It is it's a masterpiece. masterpiece. Truly masterpiece. a masterpiece. Masterpiece. I just like, wow, 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 wow. I know. Oh, I can't. Oh, my yeah. gosh. We got to. Okay. We got to do this. Um, anything Wait. else for housekeeping? I think we went through all the parts that we needed to. We need the back cover, right? Yeah, so I'm going to read the back yes, cover. Please do. <clears throat> okay. Love it. After surviving a trauma several years back, Remy Reed relocated to a cottage on one of Maine's most remote islands. She's rearranged her life just the way she wants it, spending her time working on her wood sculptures and soaking in the beauty of nature. It's quiet and solitary, until the day she spots something bobbing in the ocean. Her binoculars reveal that the quote something to be a man and he's struggling to keep his head above water. She races out to save him and brings him into her home. He's injured, which doesn't detract from his handsomeness, nor make him any easier to bear. He acts like a duke who's misplaced his dukedom. Expensive taste, lazy charm, and bossy ideas. Remy would love nothing more than to return him to his people, but he has no recollection of his life prior to the moment she rescued him. Though she's not interested in relationships other than the safe ones she's already established, she begins to realize that he's coming to depend on her. Who is he? What happened that landed him in the Atlantic Ocean? And why is she drawn to him more and more as time goes by? There's no way to discover those answers except to walk beside him, de- beside him down memory lane. Get it? You guys. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to wow. cry like several times during this episode. Same. I, I already know. <laughs> Trigger warning if you don't like women crying. <laughs> Trigger <What>? warning. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, sorry about that. It's gonna happen. I'm not gonna be sorry about it because I felt deep oh, things, things on a deep yeah. level. Let's not be sorry. And you know, I read mm-hmm. this book one and a half times. Amazing. Fair. Because I like needed to process the mm-hmm. ending again. I feel it's so funny because Madeline was saying she's always like, "Oh, I just finished this book today." Blah blah. I actually did just finish this book today. <laughs> this morning. We switched places. Uh, so we've how the turntables have turned. How the turns do. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, so then up next we have a really, really. Wait, wait, wait. Say, we do star. Or do we do star ratings first, I or think, do we? How do we do star ratings? I, I thought we, we did do star ratings. Something we switch it up to be honest, but this time oh, we're gonna fine. do star ratings. Who wants to go first? Hmm? Not me. I will. <laughs> I will go first. Okay. okay. I gave this book four and a half stars. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crazy high rating for me. Um, I liked just about everything about this book. (laughs) I was surprised by this book. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the characters kept were engaging from page one. Yes, 100%. Um, the sub um, plots that hinted at the book to come were delightful and it made me want made the book made me want the book to be out right now so I could pick mm-hmm. it up and read it. Same. Yeah. Um, literally, Becky, you've done it again. Mm-hmm. I love this book. And it's so, it was so, it was gripping, it was moving, it was, oh my gosh. Love. Yes. Love. Somebody else go. You're coming to you want me to? You can go next. Okay, I, no one's going to be surprised by this. I rated this book five stars. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Because <laughs> I tend to be a high rater, but like, I, same, pretty much, same as Madeline. I had zero problems with this. It was it was fabulous. Like, it was so... The story was wonderful. The characters were fabulous. And the romance was so good. So I read good. so much romance. And so whenever it's cheesy, I feel like I'm pretty highly critical of that. But this wasn't. Like, it made you feel all the feels. It was so beautifully done. I, I loved everything about it. I had... There was... No part of the reading experience of this that I did not like. I would recommend this book to anyone that enjoys romance. Oh, yeah. Absolutely anyone. Um, Because it was just so well done. And the wonderful thing about, or interesting, wonderful, whatever, both, is about this, is that it is, so yes, it is Christian fiction, but it is one of those Christian fictions that I, I could hand this to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially if they were a romance reader and they would not be deterred. They would I think that they would be able to pick out the truth from it, but then they would also just enjoy it. And then that would probably lead them to more from this author mm-hmm. um, because it was just so well done. And it didn't, it's that like really good type of Christian fiction that doesn't beat you over the head with anything, but it just kind of welcomes you in and yes. gives you, lays mm-hmm. out the truth. Um, so I absolutely loved it. Five stars. I just thought of one other, this is, has nothing to do with my reading, but one other thing that we should have added for a trigger warning, it is pretty, um, did we say that we wanted to have a scale for, um, oh. the, the swooniness of it, or even sure. one could argue the, uh, spiciness. Yes. spiciness. So it, I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> there's no... There's no sex no, on the page. No, 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 no. But it's more and than it's the not, average Christian fiction. And it's not even closed door. Like no, they don't, no, they no, don't no. have sex. Nothing implied. But it's definitely, it probably pushes pushes the line, maybe just a little bit. I would say I, oh, for yeah. Christian fiction. I think the line is being um, pushed. Yeah, in the spicy department. Yes, the spice level, especially for Christian fiction, yeah. is it's turned up. Yes. It's turned up. <laughs> turned yes. up. So you should be aware of that. Be aware. Well. Here's the thing. Good one. It is amazingly written, so Ooh. still recommend it. So um, speaking of amazingly written, I'm going to go with 4.5 stars. So I absolutely Please. love this book. <laughs> um, I have read, since we read Stay With Me, I have read every single one of the Misty River series mm-hmm. two or three times because they're so good <laughs> and amazing. And I just love the way that her stories, particularly this one, like the romance the character development, the development of characters and like how they deal with these really big issues. There's actually some pages that I literally marked because I want to talk about them on the pod. But I, and the way she writes, the experiences are so real. But I would say for me, and I was listening recently to the episode that we did last season for her book, and I feel like because of the intensity of, and she's such a good descriptive writer for the sexual assault, some people might find that 
triggering. And I know that we said that, but I would be careful because there are some people who I know couldn't handle that. And instead of being able to read through that and see kind of the redemption and the, and the beauty and how the main character like finds God in the midst of this horrific thing that had happened to her in the past. Anyways, so all that to say is that's what brings your rating down. probably. Yes. Not because I, I'm it, it, did she did such a fabulous job of putting it in the story and you felt it in such a deep deep way but for me the way that and this is just how, how I view five stars it's like I would give this book to almost literally anyone who is a reader or someone and I would just like for me it's like a little caveat of like but it's but I don't think it detracted all from the story for me but I'm just aware of that when sure. you give a book to to yeah. someone who would potentially that would be a turnoff for them for the book yes. um but I love, that. I love that sensitivity about you oh thank you so much and I just, I literally, this book, I could not put it down. And I know, I'm so, and I, I did recently down. give this podcast leak to one of the women on my team. So she's listening, she's probably like, why would you say this? But I literally <laughs> had trouble paying attention to, to work <laughs> because I was in the middle of kind of the end of it. And then I read it over lunch and I was like, I need to know what happens. Just because it's like, you're so caught up in the story. It feels so real. <laughs> and the characters are people that you swear you're going to meet one day on the street. And you're just I like, know. oh my God. Anyway, so I, <laughs> like, it was like, I couldn't, because it was so, so good. But then I also wanted to treasure it and read it slowly. And it was this weird tension point. But <laughs> it was amazing. Four and a half stars. Um, phenomenal. And another, another stellar book by Becky Wade. Ah, oh, yes. The queen. The queen. Love, love, love. Truly. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, we're going to go into... Mads Rad Reviews. All right, Mads, what do you got for us? Okay, well, I have I have the gamut. Oh, I love that. All right, so let's start with a five-star review. Yes. Short and sweet. And I think it, this is a five stars by Carol. Hmm. And I love this review because Carol just so accurately describes my feelings towards this book. Is she her name five stars by Carol? No. <laughs> wow. Her name's Carol. Honestly, she gave I the book that. five stars. Oh, sorry. Five <laughs> stars by Carol. It's <laughs> like, what a great name for a good reason profile. <laughs> she said, hmm, dot, 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 all caps. This is now my favorite Becky Wade, question mark, question mark, question mark. So, so good, all caps, exclamation point. And then regular. Not all caps. <laughs> I need the next book ASAP. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. You have four copies sold already. Oh, <laughs> With my Carol gosh. and Astrid. Carol and the three Carol of us. Carol and the three of us. We are sold. In line for Sons of Scandal um, book two. I just loved that because I was like, Carol, that is exactly how I feel. Okay. And now here's some interesting ones. So not really funny. Okay. But I, and I think Morgan and I were having a conversation about this. This feels like... And I, I'm sure we're going to talk about this more, so I'm just going to lay it out. This feels like a bit of a move from some of the stuff that Becky, from most of the stuff that Becky has done, mm-hmm. as far as content goes. Mm-hmm. It just feels different. Mm-hmm. Just feels different in the way that it, the way that the story is laid out, the way that the the Christ element mm-hmm. factors in. It just feels different. Yeah. Um, so when I was looking through the reviews and this is still a relatively new release so they're still not i think it was like back at the beginning of the year February. Right? okay February. February this year. um so a few months ago so there's still not like a ton of mm-hmm. reads yet but i was surprised at the amount of like three star reviews versus mm-hmm. her norm is like overwhelmingly five star reviews mm-hmm. and i was like this is so interesting and as i was reading it there was certain things that came up and i was like 
hmm, I wonder how the majority of Becky's mm-hmm. audience is going to feel about yeah. this, this, and this that she wrote about in this book. Yeah. Interesting. So I took the reviews and gleaned a couple of ones that I think are interesting and ones that I'm sure will come up in my conversation oh, and yes. the rest of the podcast. Okay. Here's a three-star review okay. by Megan. Let's okay. go with this. This is, this is, this is great. This is, has a lot of interesting thoughts in it. Okay. She says, I am a big fan of Becky Wade's and was really excited for this book. I did enjoy a lot about it, the plot and the main setting in particular, but I also struggled with a lot. The hypnotherapy, the use of alcohol as a coping mechanism, random POV interactions from non-MCs that add little to the plot, and, <laughs> and edgy. Even by her other book's standards, not to mention lengthy romantic descriptors. Ah, oh, that's... Okay. I had hoped for a more overt faith element, also similar to her other books, and I'll also admit a big element of the plot slash character development focuses on assault and trauma. That's true. Jude and Lee absolutely stole the show for me, and I'll probably pick up the next book, as it does focus on Jude. That's her review. She received an arc of the book from the publisher via NetCalc. Um, so I thought this was interesting because those are some of the points that mm-hmm. as I was reading them, I was like, hmm, I wonder what the audience yeah. is, the, her, her normal audience yes, is going to yes, think yes, of yes. these elements. And it does seem like a bit of a departure yeah. from what she normally does. So that was super interesting to read. I was like, see, here you go. Here's people commenting on it, mm-hmm. but still giving it three stars and still saying yeah. they want to read the next they book in the series because they're right. so invested. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, here's a two-star review that I think is just nonsense. (laughs) This two-star review is from somebody named Rhoda. Rhoda said, I hate to be negative, but do you know? (laughs) I feel like you actually like it. Rhoda said, I hate to be negative, but I couldn't get through this book fast enough. The dialogue was childish, and romantic scenes were awkward. No. Sorry, I did not enjoy anything about this book. Rhoda, Rhoda, I'm so sorry for you. Did, you, we, did we read the same book, I Rhoda? I read the we same Because I disagree vehemently with every single point she made. No, I read that review and I was shocked. The dialogue like, I was I don't anything but childish. Fabulous. It was, it was, it was spitfire is what it was. Spitfire. That's so, so good. good. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Um, and I'm not going to title to here's a Here's another five-star review. Um, and it's kind of long, but I'm just going to go for it because I love this review. Okay. This was a five-star review from Joy, and she said, Listen, I love the quirky heroines every single time. Pair them with a confident hero who doesn't shy away from the quirks, but instead encourages them, and I'm a goner. Banter, I'm all for it. Side character I'm most excited to see more of, Fiona. I know I'm probably one of the few, but I'm confident that Becky Wade is going to do something to knock our socks off with her story in the next two books, and I'm here for it. Was she easy to love? Nope. But I see the potential for great growth. She amused me in her own way, though. She walked right off the page for me. Jude's story is next, and I loved the setup for a story in this one. It was enough of a glimpse that it hooked me. P.S. Buy yourself some chocolate pudding. I'll, it'll only enhance the reading experience. Updated to add, the audiobook is fantastic. Love the narrators. Love that review from Joy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Okay, that's oh, all I have. I love that. That was amazing. I'm just... It's still thinking about the... The two star review. I know. It makes me. It actually makes me mad. <laughs> but I mean, everyone's their title. Yes. Absolutely. To their own opinion. But it's wrong. <laughs> that <laughs> reminds me super quick. We didn't read that listener. Oh yes, yes, yes. We were going to. Yes. Do we want to do it now, or yes. do we want to wait till the end? 
Let's wait to the end. Because I feel like. Okay. Well, are we gonna forget though? No, I'll make a note. On okay. My, okay. For, for my yeah, let's not forget. Well, yep. by that I mean Morgan will yep. write a note on her Got notepad. Because she takes diligent notes. Um, diligent note taking. She does. Diligent note taking. It's it's how when I have to edit things, it's because of Morgan that I know where to it's edit. It's because we record on my phone. Otherwise, I would be doing it on my phone. But I do actually take. Physical notes. She does. Yeah. It it's very very charming. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Let's dive in. I feel like the opening of this book, dive in, kind of like parallels. Wow, for sure. <gasps> Whoa. Because morbid, but yeah, she literally. But it's not morbid because he lives. He literally dives in. Well, well, he doesn't. He, he doesn't falls play. in. Well, but we don't have a beginning of the book. Okay, here's what happens. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So we meet Remy Reed, who lives on an isolated island in Maine. off the coast of Maine, and she is she's a sculptor. A wood sculptor. You got you get the idea that she's kind of a recluse, not like a full recluse, but she likes to keep to herself. Um, she enjoys solitude. Enjoy. There you go. Perfect. Um, so she's <laughs> sculpting at her house one day. You, she like has this schedule. You get this beautiful look at her like life and yes. the way Becky does it is so well, great. She has this, all this, this regimented schedule and routine that she keeps. Yes. She's, she sets alarms so that she doesn't get off track and she has, she sets an alarm for lunch. She sets an alarm, sets an alarm mm-hmm. when it's time to be done with work for the day because her studio is in her home. Um, it's fantastic. And she's like very, very regimented and like she'll just go do the thing and she eats like frozen meals and she, but you, know, you also those. get the idea that it's some, it's, it, it's her way of coping. It's a crutch. Yeah. Yes. It's like, okay, she's dealing with something here. Yeah. Um, and so she goes up for like a break into her house and she's looking out the window and she's like, she has a beautiful, yes. beautiful view of the Atlantic Ocean and she sees off in the distance somebody's bobbing away. Well, she just sees something and she's like, ooh, binoculars. Yes. Because when you live on a remote <laughs> island, you have binoculars. I, I would assume. Sure. Um, so it's a man and he's bobbing in the ocean. So she goes to her friend, Lee. Lee. Well, she, she calls, calls her friend. She calls her friend. She's like, hey. Who has a fishing boat? Yeah, she well, catches lobster. That's yes, what she yes, she's a lobster woman. Okay. So she's basically like, hey, because I guess that they have, like, since they're such a small island, they literally don't have a grocery store or police force or anything. They all kind of know how to do rescues. So she's like, hey, are you going to be here? She's like, 20 minutes. She's like, this guy doesn't have 20 minutes. So she takes her own boat out and she goes. Yep. She goes, um, finds to, the guy. And she rescues him, but, like, she literally, like, he he's so weak that yeah, he can he's barely. he's not very responsive. Yeah. And yeah. so, which is very normal from, I, I've never experienced mm-hmm. saving someone from drowning, but from everything that. I've you have it? You have it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I'm so feisty. I'm going to apologize right now. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyways, so she, so she is able to lug him into Basically, the boat. yes. Yeah. And he's like, has hypothermia. So, so she go, and by the time she gets back to the pier or the dock, if you will, it's probably not a pier, it's a dock. She then, her friend Lee, who's a lobster woman, is there too. So they like yeah, basically yes. carry him up to Remy's house and then realize that he has a head wound. Yeah. Um, and clearly he has broken ribs because he's all bruised. And so basically they like put dry clothes on him, but like she's in men's clothes, so she's, he's literally wearing like so her, her clothes. Like, her like Christmas her, like, PJs. It's <laughs> <laughs> like black buffalo check PJ pants. It's a whole big thing. And he's um, like a tall man, a tall muscular man. A tall muscular man? <laughs> and it talks, it goes on and on about, like, because you're, you're getting Remy's POV yes, to for start, several yes. of this. So it literally so talks funny. about, because Lee's like, he's 
was been in the ocean. So they have hypothermia. All yes. of his clothes. wet clothes off. They take his temperature. It's too low. Takes all of his wet clothes off. Gets him bundled up. Gets him dry. And Remy keeps making a point of mentioning. I just kept looking at his clavicles. <laughs> she says it once. Even later to him. Even later, he he makes a comment because they have this great like witty like, banter oh, back and forth. And goes, he's and he's like, like, you've seen me naked. Blah, blah, blah. She goes, no, I've seen your clavicles. I've seen your clavicles. I've your clavicles. And, and, Lee, your clavicles. and Lee's so like, funny. eye roll. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, so then, um, quickly, we, we find out that he has no idea who he is. Well, because we get his POV. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we get that pretty early on. He, mm-hmm. It's basically like him being in a lot of pain. They realize at that point because he's pretty bruised. So they they realize pretty quickly that he. There's has, like some sort of retired EMT person who lives on the island who comes and like. Well, I thought confirms. he was. I thought he just had was a trained EMT because he was I younger. Maybe I don't know. Someone who's well, not in the medical field right. but knows about the medical <laughs> yes, field yes. came comes to Remy's house and like looks at this guy mm-hmm. and he's like he can't. He's, like, he's definitely got broken ribs. He doesn't, he's got amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. <laughs> he has yes. broken ribs and amnesia. Because he's like, what's my name? Please take and, care of him. And he asked Remy <laughs> if she kidnapped him. And she's like, no, I didn't kidnap him. Or didn't kidnap you. But part of it is that like very early on, it becomes very apparent that he physically can't be moved. So he has to stay at Remy's house. Because originally yes. Remy's like, well, like, we well, can take because this Because of his the hospital is on the mainland. So the only way to get there would be to by car, fly. By car to the airport and, or to, to, to take fly a fly. Yes. Or to ferry. Yes, and it doesn't make sense. Like he, he, he can't, can't do it at that juncture. And and even just taking him to Lee's house or something, because she's like, well, maybe he can go to Lee's house. And she's and it's like, n- no, like he physically can't. He move. has yes. to stay he, where he is. Exactly. <laughs> well, um. Yeah. So Remy's fit to be tied. She's like this strange man in my house, like messing up my solitude, messing up my vibes, messing up my routine. Um. Who's very and like the first words he says, I thought this was hilarious. It's like he's like saying something. They think he's trying to say his name, and he says that he wants like a certain kind of coffee. <laughs> yes. Arabica. Arabica. Arabica ground coffee. <laughs> because she, of course she doesn't have that. She has Folgers. <laughs> she has Folgers, and he's like not having it. Arabica coffee is like really good quality coffee. Oh yeah, especially like they have good coffee in Maine, so it makes sense. But, um, and part of it too is they literally try to see if he has an ID on him or anything, and the only thing he has on him is this really this Omega watch that they end up finding out is like $8,000 or something crazy. Um, so it's a very expensive watch. And I feel like he has... And a wedding band. And a wedding yeah. band. Um, so they're trying... And meanwhile, so while he's like in and out of consciousness in, in this beginning, Remy's like researching, trying to find... Because she's like... She's, she's putting up like notices online. Like, yeah, she's trying she's to looking for news articles about missing people because yes. he's like, she's like, certainly somebody's missing this person. Oh, for sure. And he wasn't dressed in like fisherman's garb he was no, dressed in like regular wearing, clothes like, yeah um and so and then he kind of like he can't remember his name nope so he's like what i don't know what do you want to call me and she comes up with jonah, jonah. She, she comes up with it right no he does oh he does he oh that's right because he's like isn't there a story in the oh. bible about yeah. a guy who and she's like you remember the, the bible ocean. but don't remember your name and he's like yeah i don't know <laughs> it's funny mm-hmm. so she starts calling him jonah um and so he's convalescing in her house for know, like ten days, maybe, yeah. and they definitely—it's so, it's so cute. She starts like sleeping in the in the bedroom floor of her because he's in her yeah. bed, and she's concerned because she's like concerned about his his like, health like, in the beginning, yeah. and like what is he gonna stop breathing, like all this kind of stuff. So she's like she does all of this research about what could happen, what are some side effects that could happen if you have ribs, broken ribs and hypothermia and a head wound. And yes. so she's like, so she's like trying to keep an eye on all the to make sure he's yeah. Um, so she like. 
sleeps on the floor of her bedroom, like next to the bed. Because he's in her bed. Because she only has it's a one bedroom cottage. And a one bedroom cottage. It's a one bedroom cottage. My gosh, dreams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's so sweet because he like starts to get used to it, and he'll like wake up in the middle of the night. Call her name. He's like, Remy, are you here? She's like, Yeah, I'm here. And he's like, Okay. And then he goes back to sleep. So he's starting to like. He literally cannot remember anything about his life. The only thing that he knows is Remy. Like, he's the only person that he has any trust in whatsoever is Remy. Like, yeah. he doesn't know And a little else. bit in Lee. He doesn't know Mo- who he Remy. is. No, not at all. So finally, the next thing that happens is he starts to develop this cough. Remy's super concerned about it. He's like, it's fine. She's like, no, it's not fine. Like, we need to get to I did research the and this could be pneumonia. So he, she convinces him to go to the mainland. He's like, I'm only going if you'll come with me. She's like, fine, I'll go with you. I roll fine, I'll come with you. Yes. So they go to the mainland, they go to a hospital, and they're waiting in the waiting room to see the doctor, the two of them, because he won't let her leave. No, he won't. The doctor comes in, he's like looking down, and then he looks up at Jonah, quote unquote, and he goes, oh my goodness, wow, what an honor to meet you. He's like, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And he's like, excuse me, And Remy's like, oh no, he's famous. (laughs) He's famous. And... Jo- Jonah says, you know who you know I am. Who I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I am. So the doctor ends up like, he's like, yeah, you are Jeremiah Camden. You are a famous Formula One race car driver. You just retired like last year. And You're, you come from a very well-known... His yeah. family is also... Well, and Remy, you get like yeah. Remy's subplot. She's like, as soon as she hears the name Camden, she's like, oh no. Like Camden, you think... Of those Camdens, like oh my God, yes. maybe like Kennedy. Rockefeller, sure, or like, yeah, yeah, that's the, the, vibe. the same kind of vibe as like yes. if someone take their last name is Kennedy, like uh-huh. okay, they're the Kennedys, the like Kennedys. the Kennedys, right? Because there's a lot of them, and they're all pretty rich. Yes. So um, that's the kind of vibe you get. So he's the, from the Camden family, <laughs> and he's not only is he from the Camden family, but he's famous in his own right. So. She, so the doctor leaves. He does have pneumonia. <laughs> the doctor leaves and she's like, okay. I'm going to research you. I'm going to research like, you. And he's like, do not, do not Google me. <laughs> Please don't Google me. Please don't Google me. Because he's just enjoying the bliss of not kind of knowing. Like at this point, he's just enjoying time with Remy. And he's like, I don't really want to know. Like, yeah. You, like you can tell he is enjoying time with Remy. Yeah. Oh, so the much. The back and forth is great. Oh, he doesn't want to push anything. Cause he's like, oh, he's I have super, no like. He's super interested. Oh, yeah. Super interested. Can we talk about... Not, what, maybe not from day one, but by like day... Day three. Pretty, pretty early on. By day three, he was pretty like, on. okay, okay. Do you okay. remember Do you remember when he faked being sicker so she'd have to hand feed him soup and then she got so mad? <laughs> yes. And then he like walked to the bathroom and she was like, wait, are she you like, okay? how dare you? She was off. Um, <laughs> she was also secretly like, oh. So um, she's like, he said, please promise me you won't Google me. I don't want to know any more information about myself. Because yeah. when he was getting information. It was overwhelming. He was getting headaches. He was yeah. getting these horrible headaches. Yeah. When the information yeah. would come in about who he was. So his parents end up showing up at the hospital. Because the, the, the hospital calls them. Right. <laughs> and they're like, his brother, Jude. Mm-hmm. Camden and then his mom, Fiona, are both like listed on his like HIPAA yes. yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. Like as like you can give information to these two people, so they the hospital first contacts them, yes. and then also like I think the mom Probably, Fiona's I'm like sure calls, she called the dad. Calls the dad. Felix. Felix is his name. So they show up at the hospital. They're like super concerned that Jer- that Jeremiah does not know who they are, <laughs> or know even who he is, or know who he is. They're super concerned about it, and then he's also like, 
I don't know you. So yes. why would I? I'm, I'm not like, going to. Because yeah. basically Felix is like, you should go home. Like, you need to go home. Like, we're going to take you home. He's, he's like, like, I'm not going anywhere with you. Like, yeah. I don't even know who you like, are. So no they're pretty are. hurt by that. And he's like, I'll call you when I'm ready. And basically. Yeah, yeah. But also, we should mention that while he's like, part of the reason why he, his head is hurting, because he asked the doctor, like, am I married? And the doctor was like, because I think pretty early on he finds out that his wife had passed away. No, he lets, he finally, it's a couple days later, because finally Remy is like, you have to let me Google, like you're wearing yeah. a wedding ring, like you have to let me Google this information. So finally she Googles Jeremiah Camden's yeah. wife, and then she finds out her name was Alexis and she died 15 months prior. Yes. And he's like, gets the headache and he's like, oh... Because as he's finding out information, some things, like, sit really, like, and they just make sense. And he's like, okay, that must be true because it, like, makes yeah. sense to me, even though I don't know it. So, and that was one of the things. When she told him that's what she Googled, then he like, was like, please oh, that don't makes Google sense. Yes. Don't Google yeah. anything else. That was before she, handle he saw his family because okay. that's why he was, yeah, yeah. So then Jude shows up, and he, he immediately, like, is, like, okay with Jude. Yeah, yeah, because he immediately finds. He's also him. like, oh, he kind of looks like me. Like, like he just kind of feels comfortable. because yeah. he he just doesn't, especially Felix. He like does not trust them too. And even they tell him like, oh, well, we were together sixteen years, and then we get we've been divorced eighteen. And he's kind of like, it's a lot to yeah. process. Yeah, he's like, yeah. um, so does Jude? He ends up Jude takes him home, right? Yes, I think so. Yes, yeah. So Jude ends up because Jude knows where he lives. Like part of it is, right. oh, yes. and he's like, right. I don't know to get home. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, I'll take you home. You know. Um, and in he the meanwhile, he has a like, state. He does. A literal state. Yeah. And also, like, Remy basically tells him, well, now that you have Jude, like, I'll stay on the mainland. He's like, please don't, don't go back to the island yet. And she's like, all right, I'll stay on the mainland. I'm going to go see my friend Wendell, who's, like, this older guy who him and Wendell his wife. Wendell is my favorite. I love Wendell. Oh, my God, he's amazing. So him and his wife, well, she has now, unfortunately, passed away. But when Remy first came to um, the island, the island, um, him and his wife befriended her. And since then, he has a house on the mainland um, in the same town. What is it? Go Goose something? Goodsport. Right? Goodsport. Goodsport, yeah, there you go. Um, he, I was like, there's a lot of O's and S's. <laughs> O's and S's. Um, yeah. um, and so she's like, all right, fine. I'll stay for a few days. I'll go see Wendell because he has kidney disease. And so I'm pretty sure he's on dia dialysis. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And so she basically... Um, goes there to um, help him and then she realizes that he's in a bad way like he's not doing great um, he um, uh, because his kidney disease and his wife being dead and gone, passed, yeah. yeah gone has really affected him and he like mentally mentally yeah and he truly can't like you know do anything with that you know so Anyways, um, so she's like, it'll be good. I'll go visit him. I'll stay with him because yes. Jeremiah's like, you'll stay with me. She goes, absolutely not. I won't stay with you. Like, we were very busy. You're not going to call <laughs> I, me in the middle of the night. Yeah, I will stay with Wendell. So she decides to go to Wendell's house. It's like a nightmare. Poor man. There's literally Needs so much help. She's like, she's like, I'm going to make it my prerogative yes. to help you yes. organize and clean things up. And he like shares with her while yes. they, while. Um, Remy's staying with him. Yeah. He's like, shares with her a story about this woman who he fell in love with before he met his wife named Marisol. Mm -hmm. And how Wendell like, does, yes. Yeah, and how they were like gonna get married, but their parents objected and they were really young and they 
listened they, to their parents. And they listened to their parents, and he all had always regretted it, and how he like would love to like know if she was still alive and if she, how she was yeah. doing, and love to like see her one last time. So Remy also makes it her like private mission to find, find Marisol, Marisol, well, and reunite them. And part of the reason why she she's digging for things is because Wendell tells her he basically has nothing to live for, and she's like, "No, you do." And she's like, "Right, like, because he's like basically he does nothing. He does like he's not." Other than showering and ordering takeout, like, he does nothing. Yeah. And she's like, this isn't, you can't live like this, you know? Um, so, in the meanwhile, then Jeremiah is, like, still doesn't have his memories, doesn't trust anyone except Remy and now his brother. And so, he, like, is in awe of his house. He has this really impressive house. house. And he's an estate. Like, <laughs> and he, like, asks his brother all these questions. He's like, tell me about this. And then he's basically, like, he says to his brother, did I... Because I feel like pretty early on, yes. he's convinced that he was researching his wife's death. Because it was ruled a suicide. Yes. And he's like, and he's just like, something doesn't sit right. Jude, did I ever talk? Because Jude works for the FBI. He's like, Jude, did I ever talk to you about this? And Jude's like, well, yeah, but like there wasn't any evidence. So like no but detective. But Jude confirmed would, like, yes, yeah, you thought it. You thought well, about you it a lot. And you were suicide. trying to figure out how you could do something else for that. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah. So that's kind of like there's... Um, so he's kind of starts digging for that again because yes. he's like, I don't know what to do until I have. He's has he starts getting these memories coming back like very very slowly and one at a time and piece by piece. Yes. But he's like, until I get my full memory back, like yeah. I, I'm not I can't just sit around. Yeah, I'm gonna try to piece together what maybe what happened to Alexis. And so I should search she's my like I can remember her. Like let's just yeah. And so Remy's like, of course I'll help you. So basically they literally search every room because their whole purpose is like if he had something that he was unsure about that he was trying to hide like he probably put it somewhere right. in, in the house so basically like they spend like all these days going through this massive mansion and she's like and she's just like wow this house is so ostentatious like this is so <laughs> absurd and he's like honestly it is because he's they have lots of conversations yes. about like how she like she makes this beautiful art but she's not she doesn't sell a lot of it like she sells enough of it so that she can yeah, live but eight. she doesn't like oversell it because yeah. she she doesn't like the idea of money and wealth and accumulating wealth. Like she's, she's like, you just need enough to survive. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of conversations about that because Jeremiah's like, yeah, this is a really big house. He's and like, he's like, you should steal. And he starts calling himself. He starts calling himself 1.0, as in like Jeremiah 1.0 made decisions because now he's Jeremiah 2. Right. He's yes. like, I'm Jeremiah 2.0. So then he starts talking about like, what would Jeremiah 1.0 have done? Yes, exactly. Because he literally can't remember. Um, so. Let's skip ahead to the the time when they find this secret room mm -hmm. yes. shut away in the house because it's an older house. Yes. Shut away like in an old cellar, kind of sealed off. Yes. They find this room. In this room is just like a table, a small <laughs> table and a light. And on the table is a manila envelope. And Ooh. he's like, and Jeremiah's like, okay, okay. I so think this, this must be this something. Is, this must be where Jeremiah 1.0 stashed important documents. Um, so they get it. They look through it. And it... From a detective. It's from a... He a turns out Jeremiah 1.0 hired a private detective to follow his wife and find out if she was having an affair. Yes. She was having an affair. There's photographic He edits. confirmed it. A second time he hired a PI, like several years later, to... Or 18 months later or something like that, to, to ask the same question because he had suspicions again. The PI was like, it's inconclusive. She's covering her trail, but I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. I just can't tell you with whom... Um, he could confirm the identity of the first man. He, she, he, the PI is like, it's a different guy. 
I don't know who it is. Um, and basically... And Jeremiah's like, oh my god. And here's the thing, Remy takes that, that news harder. So hard, because she was imagining this, like, fairy tale life and between that, like, the two of them, was, they were so in He was so mourning his wife's death And that's so why much. he kept his wedding ring on. That's why he kept his wedding ring on, and that's also why he was, like, determined to prove that it wasn't, that it wasn't suicide. Suicide, yeah, yeah. You know, and so she's like... I think that was a projection, though. Don't you guys think that was a bit of a projection on her part? Oh, Absolutely. I think it was a. I think it was a wall, and it yeah. was her right. cover. It was her protecting herself. It was her keeping her, herself away. Because if yeah. she could focus on someone else's relationship and saving that, you know, or she like, wouldn't have to think yes. about how she was falling. How for she him. was falling. Yes, for absolutely. Yes. And so he's less devastated because he's kind of like like I don't really the more that he remember about, any of it anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but like I think also the more that he realizes about his life and his family, and the more he talk, talks to his brother and stuff, is that he truly does realize that he like. Anything that, like, you would associate with the trappings of wealth, like, he probably had experienced. Do you know, like, yes. in that, you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. anyway, so, um, and so then. Okay, so the next thing is, there's definitely this, like, okay, we need to figure out, you know, if she was having an affair. Yes. With another guy. We don't know who it was. Yeah. I still don't feel like she was murdered. Like maybe it was wrapped up in this other guy, yeah. or like she like she killed herself. I still feel like she was murdered. Maybe yeah. it was wrapped up in this other guy. So he's like still on this. Like we have to figure out who this is. Um, meanwhile, we meet a couple other people. We've met Fiona in there. We've had a couple of like who hit is his, is his mom. Yeah. She's a very interesting person. Not super likable. But very like a very interesting character. Yes. Um, you she, know who she reminded me a little bit of, and I, I'm curious. So this is not a Becky Wade book, but do you remember the book we read, Buried Secrets? The main character Jessica, who like was very like the murderer, no the serial killer. No, no, no. This is okay, but like hear me out for a second. <laughs> I don't think yes. just because I got you. So oh, the, no, the, the, totally the way she was very planned, and she was yeah. very and in that I remember Madeline, you saying that you really wanted to see a redemption for this character. Yes, so I did I'm say getting, that. I'm getting vibes from Fiona that that are that like because she's like vibes. very caffeinated, even the way that she built was. her company and yes. she didn't use her name because there was you find out that Fiona, basically her sister was married to Felix, Isabel, yeah. and, and she, she cheated on him with. No, she cheated. Felix cheated on Isabel yes. with Fiona. Fiona and got pregnant with Jeremiah. Correct. Yes. And then he left Isabel and got married Isabel to Isabel left him. And got and married to Fiona. Fiona and Isabel were instantly estranged. Yes. Yeah. Did not have anything to do with And each have other not for years. talked with each other since. They, they were married for 16 years and then he cheated on Fiona yep. with a maid. And, and had a baby. A baby named Max, who's yes. the third brother. Yeah. Yes. Which I feel like there's going to be another book. Oh, there will be. It's for sure the third sentence of Scandal book. It's going to be Jeremiah, Jude, Jude, and Max. Well, (gasps) they also, if you know, in typical Becky Wade slash, like when there's multiple books in a series, which I love, like yes, where it's like you, you you got Jude, you heard mention of Max, but you know who's going to come next book. And Jude's book will hear Max will be introduced, and you'll hear a little bit of him. Okay, okay, I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, we got to keep going. So uh, we hear from Fiona. We also meet like some of Jeremiah's friends. So Anton, Anton, and, and his wife. Um, Anton was like his, his trainer, right? His driving trainer coach. So, so it was basically and like his his number one guy. One of his best friends. Also, he gives he like in his will, which is something that Jeremiah was looking at a lot because he's like, who would want to kill Fiona? Oh, because he th- or excuse me, Alexis, because he's like, what happened to me on the boat? Yeah. 
must have been mm-hmm. somebody was was trying to kill me too. Like he's convinced. He's like, I don't. I like. I own this boat. I clearly knew how to drive how to drive it. Like I don't think this was a freak accident. I think the same person who killed Alexis was coming after me. Well, because they do find his boat. We right. should say that. So the Coast Guard finds his boat, and it's like a beautiful, restored, old boat that he clearly likes. So it becomes it's a apparent. Time. Yes, ex- exactly. And so once they, they have the boat, he, he hires a woman out of Arizona who's like Private. a forensic scientist. Yes. So they basically go to the boat, and they do like some some investigation up top. They, they see blood that they think might be his because of the head wound, and they go down un, like uh, below deck. And they literally see basically like a scene as if he was like making a sandwich. Something happened. There's like bread on the floor. There's but like, and they see um, a half drunk approach or it's like a vitamin energy drink. drink. Energy drink. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I have those all the time. Um, and there's like a bunch in the fridge. So um, then, so the that woman from Arizona, Ethel, maybe her name is. She's like Ellen. She's like, it's gonna take six sure. weeks for you. She's to get like, the and he's like, okay. So it. it but cut to later in the book when the results do come back is what she finds is that there was like a pin hole sock, like pinprick size hole in the lid yes. of this energy drink and it was laced with potassium chloride. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Potassium chloride. So basically someone was trying to kill him. Yes. And then all of the she's like all of the drinks in the fridge also had potassium chloride in them. But do you remember they they were missing? Right. Yeah, when, when he went back, went back to look, look they, they were all gone. They were yeah. all gone. Yes. Yeah. So she was Correct. like, oh, that's what she said. She's like, it would be my bet, like, if I could get those, if I could get my hands on those yeah. drinks, I'd like to test them for potassium chloride. Yeah. So he went back to get them, and they were, and they were gone. They were gone, <laughs> yes. So that's why. Um, Thank you. In the meanwhile, so while Remy and Jude are doing, I feel like we need to talk about the romance. So yeah. while they're, um, let's talk about it. While they're investigating, so much happening. they are together the one day, and basically he's like, straight up, well, there's a lot of sexual tension here. And she's like, he literally. And she's like, no, there's not. She's like, no, there's not. I feel nothing. I feel nothing. Meanwhile, she's like, she's sweating. Yeah. And so then they basically, because this is a really pivotal scene. So then they literally, they start kissing, and it's really wonderful. And all of a sudden, she gets up and leaves and like flees and starts having a panic attack outside. Yes. And so he like collects himself because he's like, that was an intense reaction. So he like goes out there and he's basically like, who hurt you? And then she like tells him the story of her sexual assault. And, and it's pretty descriptive. It's very yeah. descriptive. So, um, and it was know that. about a former boyfriend named Gavin, who was a soccer player, who was actually basically acquitted and found not guilty for the crime. But he, he raped her. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so she, and since then, horrifying. and so that's why she said that she, because she told him before that she had this like great life and just changed everything. That's why she ended up moving to Maine. Um, and so there's a part of it where he's like, because he's just. He's not like when she reacts that way to the kiss. He's not surprised that something happened, but he's like so upset that this happened, especially because she didn't get justice. Right. Um. So. Um, so she's like, I've had no romantic attachment. To and like, I'm not ready. This happened to me. Yeah. And this was triggering. Yeah. And she's so like, we, yeah. that can't happen again. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. Literally. I'm going back to my house. She didn't tell that. She just like. Oh yeah. <laughs> she didn't she, tell that. She's she like, just like, right, so I'll talk to you later. Yeah, and then he's but like, she decides, like, decides, I'm going to go back to And she literally buys a plane ticket to go back to the island. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to leave. And then he like, and then he finds out that she, and there's a part of her, I think, that wants him to stop her, but she doesn't tell him that he's going, so he's doing his thing and doing an in, investigation. Classic female, honestly. <laughs> I know, I was like, you didn't tell him though. Um, so then she's back at, at her house and he, and he like has texted her and called her and she texted him one time and said, um, I went home, call me when you're ready to talk about it. That's all she said. And she didn't hear from him. And then she's like, 
she's like, but beating herself up. Like, I can't believe, like, you know. And all of a sudden, knock, knock, knock. Guess who's at the door? <laughs> he just decides to <laughs> come. He, he literally comes and is, like, in the wind and the rain. And she's, like, and the way she described how, like, even his... Him being soaked in the rain is—he's so attractive. But she's like, no, no. What are you? His hair like dripping. She's like, <laughs> into his face. What are you doing here? She's like, very. <laughs> you're you're ruining my salt. You basically is like, look, I'm not going anywhere. Wherever you are, I am, and like, you know, all this stuff. Oh, <laughs> And she's and he's like, I'm gonna stay with you. She's like, no, you're not. He's like, well, I'm gonna go stay with Lee. And she's like, just so you know, it's nothing like you're like you're used to. Like you're used to, to the Ritz Carlton. And he's like, no, it's fine. And basically, he's like, okay, well. Um, you want solitude, but I want to get to know you, and I feel like you need. I feel like you, you know, are feeling something here. So let's compromise. So basically, he's like, we'll, we'll go for walks together in the morning, um, and she says no to yoga. He's like, what about yoga? She's like, no, no yoga. <laughs> you and can't be yes. there when I'm doing yoga. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite lines. She goes, she goes, no, absolutely not. A lot of the yoga positions involve my butt being. Straight up in the air. He's like, and Jeremiah immediately, immediately says, "That's not a deal breaker. That's not a deal breaker for me." He's like, "No, no." And he's like, "And then I'll bring you dinner." (laughs) So amazing. That's That's not a deal breaker breaker for me. me. Oh my god. Um, And so then, um, basically, he spends like his days. He's researching island for like two weeks with her. Yeah, and just like doing her daily routine with her. Yep. Yeah, and then he lets her create her art, and then they, they hang out for dinner. And then um, he also, in the meanwhile, is doing research on Alexis, seeing what he can figure out there. Then he's also, like, secretly fixing her truck because he's really good with cars. Mm-hmm. And, of course, being a Formula One driver. And so he basically... Um, uh, and he also spends his days trying to get food because the island doesn't have a grocery store. And so it's like he, he mm-hmm. basically, like, makes friends with, like, all the fishmongers and stuff and, like... <laughs> It's lovely. As you do. As, As you, you do. do. In Maine. Yes. When in Maine. Yes. So they have these lovely, like, interactions. Where he's just like, his pursuit of her is so pure. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Any other way to say it. Like, his pursuit of her is just so beautiful because he, like, sees her where she is uh-huh. and he's willing to, like, lay down anything that he, like, because he always talks about, like, Jeremiah 1.0 was really good with the ladies. Like, I was pretty good with the ladies. <laughs> I didn't have any issues. Like, Jude keeps, he keeps asking Jude. He's like, did I ever have, like, and Jude's problems like, getting no. a girl to go out with me? And Jude was like, no, you never had that problem. <laughs> He's like, in fact, you had to ward off ladies. Because, you had to ward them <laughs> off. Like, and, well, and it, it's funny because Lee's on his side. And so she's <laughs> trying <Yeah>. to <laughs> help him. And at one point, they go over for dinner. And Lee's basically oh like... Um, she, she basically decides that they need to dance and like they're literally standing like two awkward middle schoolers at a church dance <laughs> and she basically was like, no, you have to get closer. She like you know? moves their hands. Yeah, she's she like, does. This is how you dance. Yes. Okay, now dance. I'm gonna, I'm not coming back till six songs have happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's just like, it's very lovely, you know, cause it's like everyone is like in his brother and Lee, like people know that, 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 that he's actively pursuing her, um, kind of along this way. And she definitely starts to soften to him, uh, along the way here. So then what happens is they end up, he gets this big lead. Mm-hmm. What is the lead? The lead is that he, his quote-unquote girlfriend, who's, who the, this oh, woman, yeah, who's yeah. Gigi, came to him and was like, hey, we're um, boyfriend, girlfriend, and he's like, I don't remember you. And um, basically, and this is before he follows Remy back to the island, but um, basically Jude points out to him that if you look at, this woman's Instagram and the way she looked, she changed herself to look like Alexis, 
like right around the time Alexis died. And she's like, so, so Jude's basically like, hey, she might have been obsessed with you. She might have been obsessed with Alexis. She could potentially be Alexis's killer. Jude was like, you should follow this lead. Like, this is a pretty good lead. Yeah. You should see what she knows. And he's like, well, you should come with me. So he goes to Remy. He's like, hey, I need to follow this lead. Like, it's been like, like you two come weeks with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why don't we go back? And she's like, I'm not leaving. Oh, they end up having this horrible fight. Yes, horrible. So fight. sad. Mm-hmm. And it's it literally was, like I was I was literally crying when I read this. It's like, really really sad. It's really well, sad. it's so sad because oh, we'll talk about this more. Yes. But like you just see like everything that he had worked to in his pursuit yeah. of her, like the literal like bricks that he yes. was like taking yes. down around yeah. her heart. She just like scoops them back up. Like in in this fight, she like scoops them back up. And it's yeah. just rebuilding it as fast as she can. And you can and he see doesn't it. say all the you right things, it. obviously. But like you can literally see. And that he's like, "I'm really like sorry." Building like, back. She just like shuts down. And she's like, "Ah." She was like, "The one thing you can't do for me is wait for me to contact you." And she's like, "No, we're done." Like, yeah. you know, it's and it was really bad fight. So he leaves, goes to the mainland to pursue this, and he's like, basically confiding to like, "I think I ruined it. Pretty sure I ruined that." So please help me figure out what to do. I yeah. can't be done yeah. with this. And I also told her that I wasn't going to reach out to her. But then he has an idea. Because they go to Gigi. She's not a real lead. She's basically like, I was obsessed with you. I thought maybe you would want to date me and feel like your late wife. A little bit creepy, but she's not a murderer. Um, and also comes with the territory of being like, some people famous. would do anything yeah, to Yeah, Instagram rich and famous. Yeah, absolutely. Some people will do, will do anything to get um, money and power. So anyways, so then... Um, uh, Jude still hasn't, or sorry, Jeremiah still hasn't heard from, uh, Remy. And so he's like, I gotta do something about this. So he he's decides. Like, I'm gonna tr- figure out a way so to So he goes to Wendell, because he got to know Wendell, because Remy was living with Wendell back before she went back to the island again. And so she's, he basically goes and figures out that, like, one thing that he could do is basically help Marisol be found, but not let... Remy know that it's him who, who's helping. So he basically hires someone to help find her. Finds her immediately. Finds her imme- <laughs> immediately. Sets and up this whole reunion and gets Wendell to have Remy come back to the mainland to go with him we, and, and to meet Marisol. And then he's also like, hey, listen, I want, like, you should go out for dinner. He's like, oh, and it's like a suicide. He's like, no, 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 go to the country club. I treat, go to my country club. At 6.30, like, and then he's basically like, I'm going to know what, where Remy is and I can just show up. Lying and wait. I'll be like, That was another one of my favorite lines of this. Whenever he's like, what time do you want to go to the country club? Oh. Wendell goes, I usually five. have dinner at five. And Jeremiah's inner dialogue was, the ambiance will be all wrong at five. Who the heck eats dinner at five? How about 6.30? And he's like, okay. And he's like, he's like <laughs> also don't tell Remy. He's like, because he's like, she'll get on me. She does, I don't want her to know that I'm like paying for you to have like nice rich food because of your kidneys. And he's like, okay, best deal ever. Great. Yeah. So he basically calls so Remy and he's like, and it's like Thanksgiving week. He's like, please, please come. And um, she's like, he's like, I can't do this with Daddy. She's like, all right. So she comes, and her and Wendell then they go, go. They find Marisol. The reunion. Oh, that was so lovely. Wendell and Marisol is so. And they both have. They're beautiful. both. She's a widow, and he's a widower, obviously. And it just is spectacular. Yes, so they immediately it's like, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. We'll talk about that some more. Yeah. Um. So. He's waiting at, Jeremiah's waiting at the country club. Wendell and Marisol walk in, but there's no Remy. And Wendell, like, approaches Jeremiah, and he's like, I couldn't convince Remy. She wanted us to have time, yeah. She wanted it to be, like, a private time for us to catch up. Mm -hmm. I couldn't convince her to come. Um, So he's like, it's fine. He's like, you know what? I'll text Camille, Anton's wife. Because they kind of hit it off when Anton and Camille came over to Jeremiah's house. uh, 
Remy was there and yeah. Camille and Remy were kind of heading it off. And he's like, he texts Camille. He's like, listen, can you text Remy? Try to, you guys hit it off, right? She's like, yeah, she's so sweet. And he was like, can you text her? Try to find a time. She's in town. Get get her over to your house. And then I'll come over. I'll and come over. She's all about it. Time. She was like, she's oh like, my God, oh, anything for love. She was like, wait, do you love her or something? And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. so sweet. <laughs> so in the meantime, Remy has this really beautiful experience after seeing the reunion between Marisol and Wendell and basically comes to terms with the fact that like she does she was in the wrong she wants to talk to Jeremiah but she's trying to figure out how to do it she's like well it's Thanksgiving so I'll I'll talk to him like before I go back to the island um probably on like Friday or Saturday so she's like thinking about what she wants to do because she's just like it should be grand but I don't know you know and all this kind of stuff so in the meanwhile um this she's yeah. I was going to say. So then, flash forward, Jeremiah obviously doesn't know that's how Remy's feeling. So then, he basically is not sleeping. He's really upset. So he, like, goes because he's, like, still can't get a hold. But, you know, at least I have this thing on Friday. So he literally goes hiking up to Maiden's Peak. Maiden um, Point or something like that? Yeah. Where, where Alexis supposedly threw herself off. Yes, yes, yes. He notices. That someone has a camera set up. There's a camera set up. Someone's taking, like, night video. Uh, like, sunset mm-hmm. photography. So he's, like, follows this little path, finds this little... Yep. This this little house, and he's like, "Is this your camera out here?" And this guy's like, little recluse guy's like, "Yeah, it's my camera. I love taking like, seeing all sorts of crazy animals out here, or whatever." And he's like, "Do you have footage of this like night when like?" He's, he's like, like, "I'm Jeremiah Camden. Like, do you have footage of the night?" The guy's like, "Oh yeah, the, yeah." Because the guy's like, "Oh yeah, the police came and asked me for it, but it was super black. They couldn't see anything." Like he's like, "Well, do you still have it?" The guy's like, "Sure." So he gives it to him, and he goes and knocks on his on his mom's house because Jude's sleeping there on the window and gets Jude to wake up. Because Jude works for the yeah. He's like, "Jude, do you know anybody who could get anything from this footage?" Jude's like, "Give it to me." Gives sends this this video file to a friend it's of like his. Good, uh, it's Black Friday. It's like yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. And he offers to pay triple. Like, can you get this to me in a couple hours? So they see the video and basically, yep. who's the killer? And who was having an affair? <laughs> well, Madeline just took a bite of a chip. <laughs> so the video is Alexis yes. and Anton. Yes, kissing and more. And having sex. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, the video is them yes, having yes, sex yes. and then them getting in a fight. And him pushing her and off. And him pushing and her off. And Anton the pushing her off the cliff. Yes. So then he's like, oh, okay, cool beans. So Remy is going over to Anton and Camille's house. He like house panics. He's like, oh my God. Right I now to get together with Camille. Because and, I planned um, this because I wanted to run into her. We have to go over there. Yeah. Because Anton killed my wife. And tried to kill me. is now with a murderer. So they like rush over there. They get there after she's already there. Like... Anton is grabs her and uses her as a bargaining chip. Yeah. It's a whole it's big showdown so at the end. <laughs> Anton has a gun. He's like, no, he tries to get Jude's gun. He doesn't actually get it. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, get, put yes. your weapon down or you know yeah. whatever. So they like, oh, it's so good. They get her. It's fine. Everything's fine. Nobody gets shot. And Anton. Remy like kicks him. Oh, yeah. Remy literally comes in class. Because she's been taking self-defense classes. That (laughs) was one of, like, her recovery And she prayed. Yes. And then she felt this peace, and then she realized that she could defend herself. And so she, like, does enough that, like, then Jeremiah and Jude are able to intervene. Yes. yes. And then the police come and arrest him. And then, basically, Camilla comes home and is like, what's happening? And then, like, poor woman. Yeah. And they have, like, two kids. Yes. And then, the, um, then, basically, Remy and Jeremiah go outside and just like just stand there and hug and then they embrace and then basically they tell each other that they love each other and, and then there's an epilogue about them at, at christmas, christmas later that year 
and Jeremiah is at Remy's family's house. They're like in Texas where yes. Remy's family yes. lives and they have like spent Christmas together and he's like coming down the stairs to find her by herself on Christmas morning and she's like in front of the fireplace and she's cozy wearing a buffalo check that he wore. <laughs> And they just have this, like, moment. And they exchange gifts, and he's like, because he knows that she doesn't love material things, so he actually took painting classes and oh painted her a picture of her, of her cottage house on the, That's like, so sweet. And then, she, and then she literally gives him the sculpture that she made. That he had wanted. Yes, and yes. she would not sell him. But she's she like, That's him. not for you. And then it was. But then it was for him. Oh, so it was so good. good. It was so good. Memory lane. Oh, Memory lane. y'all. Becky, it was so good. <laughs> Becky, you I done. don't. I will treasure the memories of this book for oh, years to come. And she'll walk down the lane of them. I will. The memories. The memories. <laughs> the memories. <laughs> Morgan's recommended reads. One of our funniest sound bites, to be <laughs> honest. Sorry, I'm whispering. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so there were so many. There were so many things, so many places I could have gone, but I was trying to, um, this book was phenomenal and I had a lot of recommendations I could have said, but I was trying to keep the recommendations in an, in an arena where the majority of people who listen to this podcast would be comfortable reading the books that I recommend. Oh, sure. So yes. that's my caveat. If you want to direct message me and ask me for more recs that maybe push the boundary a little bit more than normal Christian fiction hit me up but these are the ones that i have right yeah. now just send us a dm and say Yo, Morgan, yes give me those recs that's give fine me those recs. that's fine too <laughs> um but these uh these i think will kind of across the board be Love it. Uh, good for everyone so there were so many <laughs> there are so many things that we could pull out one of the things i pulled out was amnesia you love oh, it that's a you say we love it well, yeah. I mean, you know, as a, as a plot device in a novel, yes. 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 yes, real life, we do. Real life, no. no. Plot I, device, yes. Yikes. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the uh, book that I have to recommend is called Remember Me by Sophie Kinsella. Um, she writes the Shopaholic series. Yeah. Um, and this is an old one, and I haven't read it in a long time, but in this book... Um, the main female character gets amnesia and then has to like relearn all of this stuff and re-remember what's going on in her life and she was in a relationship previously that like some of her choices she was in this relationship but that's not who she really wanted to be with and so then she was kind of able to like remap her life and it was moved in a completely different direction but it was actually the direction that she should have been going in all along a similar vibe, um, and each vibe, but that it was, it's a good book. I really love Sophie Kinsella's writing. It's fun. Um, good romance type stories. So that's remember me by Sophie Kinsella. And then the other two picks are actually YA, which is young adult um, recommendations. And the vein that I was kind of following for this one was uh, hero falls first which is a trope in romance yeah. and it's one of my favorites. And I think that speaks a lot to, um, like as a female, you want to be pursued. Mm -hmm. And so I think in a book, whenever you see the, the guy falls so hard and then he just like 
dogged. Yes, that <laughs> intense pursuit of of the heroine is so. I don't. I think that just speaks to something internally that you're just like, yes. Um, so anyway, so that was what I pulled out from this, and um, Boy Falls First, and the first one is also a quirky heroine because Remy was pretty quirky. She was an artist heroine. She had lots of like funny little things that she really glommed onto. Some of them yeah. were um, coping, mechanisms. coping mechanisms. Absolutely. But then some of them I think were just the way that she was. Um, and so the first one that I want to recommend is Fangirl by Rambo Rowell. It's been a really long time since I've read this. I do not remember there being any questionable content, but it's possible there might be some like mild language or something of that nature in this. Okay. It is young adults. Um, so I don't think there's anything intense, but just be aware it has been a minute since I read it. But in Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, um, the main character is a fan fiction writer of basically, it's basically Harry Potter. It's not because the author kind of creates her own whatever it is. But this, um, I think her name is Kaz, she writes fan fiction for this major fantasy series and she's well known in the fan fiction community. Okay. And so she's actually pretty big on the forums. Um, but in her personal life, she's very, like, she and her twin sister are going to school, and her twin sister is super social. She is not. Like, she doesn't like to be around people. She stays in her room and writes this fan fiction, and her roommate has a boyfriend who comes over all the time. And what ends up happening is that Kaz and Liam end up falling in love and getting together. He breaks up with the roommate and gets, and gets with Kaz. Um, but that's, like, a very interesting story, and there's some really similar bones of, like, her feeling, I just want to be reclusive. I, I don't – this is too much. It's too much for whatever reason. And he kind of pulls her out of her shell in a good way and then shows her that love can be a healing thing and not always a harmful thing. Um, so that's a real good one. And then um, the other YA, this heroine is not, I wouldn't necessarily call her quirky per se, but this is another hero falls first. And this is um, When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Menon. <laughs> and this is a fabulous book. Um, it's about these two, <laughs> these two, um, two people whose parents have been in communication they're from Indian families and their parents have been in communication on how they think they're, so they're just going into like, they're about to go into college. So they're young and their parents have been in communication about how they should be married. They're kind they've kind of like been going back and forth about how this should be an arranged marriage. Um, Rishi is the boy and his parents told him Dimple is the one who we think you should marry. Here's her picture. Here's her bio, blah, 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 blah. Dimple's parents did not tell her. So they get to this like school campus and Rishi sees Dimple and he's like, oh, hey, hey wife, how you doing? Like trying to make a joke. And she literally throws her iced coffee in his face. She has no idea who he is. So <laughs> who the heck are you? Why are you talking to me? What's going on? So that's, it's like this hilarious meet cute. But then she is very much like she's focused on her career. She wants to do, um, computer programming and she's like arranged marriage is terrible I have want nothing to do with you and he likes the traditional um, he finds beauty in the traditions of his culture mm -hmm. and also he's enamored with Dimple and he's like I trust my parents picked you for a reason but then also I'm really into you <laughs> so he's like pursuing her but then also doing the whole like I want to respect you 
I care about you, so let's go at your pace. So there's a lot of similar bros there as well. So that was when Dimple Might Reach You by Sonia Menon. That's also great. Those are my three. Those are amazing. I love that. Yes. I feel like all those things, like, reflect on some really fun tropes that were in this book. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So up next here, we have our next section. I don't know why I'm whispering. Sorry about that, listeners. (laughs) Odette's Relevant Research. Okay, so I've been doing some um, self-analyzing of my recent research, and they have gone down wild rabbit trails, and have lasted at times upward of 20 minutes. (laughs) 15 to 20 minutes. So this is my attempt to... I had so many things that I wanted to research, but I thought I'm going to pick two. Okay. And that's what I'm going to talk about. So they're very different from each other, but I'm very excited. So one is... um, Lobster rolls. So, yes. first of all, I lobster rolls. First of all, I went to Maine earlier this year. Cannot recommend it enough. I was in Portland, Maine. So many good things. Um, if you are gonna be in Maine and you want some re- recommendations of places to go, and there was one or two that I didn't love, but overall, Maine is amazing and would highly, highly recommend. And the quaintness of Maine and the delightfulness of just the scenery and everything involved around it. I feel like Becky Wade. If you've never been to Maine, you captured it so well. And if you haven't been to Maine, she has. Been. Oh, yes. She went for research for this book. Oh, yes, I love that. No wonder why, because I was like, it's literally like I'm there again, and it was fabulous, and I'm mentally trying to plan how I can go to Maine um, next year again. Um, so, anyways, also, um, one of my really good friends lives in Boston, and so we've started, when I go for a visit, trying different lobster rolls in Boston. But can I tell you, there is nothing like a fresh lobster roll. And we went to this food truck in in, in Maine, um, and it was the most amazing lobster roll. Like, I literally had no words when I was eating it because it was that good. Um, but anyways, so I just want to do a little history of lobster rolls. Okay, so also if you haven't had one, I'd recommend getting somewhere, um, getting one on, on a coast town. Don't really know that getting sure. one in the middle of the country. Not trying to judge anyone. Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm not saying that, they, that lo- lobster rolls don't exist, but the true essence of it really does have to be on a coast town where it's fresh lobster. You can also order them online. So look that up. Really expensive. Like order the lobster oh, and then oh, make sure. them at home. Oh, sure. Yeah. You, yeah. So like live lobster, you could order live lobster and no, make no, no, lobster no. at home. You literally order like the, like places, there's there, there's only places in like Boston where you can literally order lobster rolls and they like send things and you like assemble it. Or you can also like literally order like the lobster meat to your house and it comes like cold packed and then you so it's not live lobster like you don't have to do your own like okay harvesting harvest yes. yeah. <laughs> terrifying word i have okay. a quick side question okay does do you have to like lobster in order to enjoy a lobster roll okay so that's a real question i will tell you a lobster roll except for and they can be a couple of different ways i've had them with like a mayo type aioli situation okay or just like straight up bread lobster and butter Wow. And a little bit of garlic. Okay. So here's the thing. It is literally piled high with lobster. So if you do okay. not like lobster, I'm not saying that you wouldn't enjoy it. I'm just saying okay. that, like, besides the Maybe bread lobster and stuff. Yes, but, like, let me tell you what, if you've never also had fresh lobster, I might say, and you're not allergic, I would say maybe give it a go. Give it a little whirl. Give it a little taste. Also, how about this? Next time we're somewhere. Mm-hmm. Coastal. Coastal. I will order lobster roll. You can have a little bite of it. If this you love it, good if you love it, you can have it, and then I'll order another one. But if you okay. hate it, then I'll just eat it anyways. You'll just eat it, and I, I have, order something The else. only time I've ever had a lobster roll was Prince Edward Island. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So. Yes. Interesting that you should say that. Okay. So. Okay. Interesting that you should history, say that, she says. Okay. The history. This is so perfect. I, kismet, if you will. Okay. I'm so excited <laughs> to think about lobster rolls right now. 
Um, the, the history of um, the lobster roll. Lobster rolls are native to New England's six states, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. They can also be traced to the Canadian Maritimes, New Brunswick, Prince Edward Island, and Nova Scotia. Today, lobster rolls served from the hatches of food trucks in award-winning restaurants and out of seafood stacks along the ocean front. America may, may have claimed this crustacean sandwich, but the lobster roll is proudly East Coast. Who invented the lobster roll? The mighty lobster roll boasts a rich and colorful history with deep roots in New England and the Canadian Maritimes. It's gone from small town sandwich to, with humble beginnings to a North American icon in just a short span of time. Before the lobster went gourmet, lobster sandwiches were made by the very people who did the fishing, the lobstermen. It was a cheap, simple, cheap sandwiches made with two slices of white bread with cooked lobster meat from less than perfect lobsters from the day's unsold catch. Um, while there are plenty of rumors about the original birthplace, the lobster roll can be traced back to the Roaring Twenties to a restaurant called Harry's in Milford, Connecticut. The story goes that Harry, the proprietor, invented the portable sandwich after a traveling liquor salesman swung by his eatery. The salesman was hankering after a hot grilled lobster sandwich to take with him on the road. Harry, being the quick-thinking, nimble-fingered, created what went on the spot. Harry began perfecting his sandwiches and noting that the sliced white bread was a bit of a letdown. It was flimsy, soggy, and kind of tasteless. Didn't hold a lobster well. He enlisted a French, a French bakery nearby in Bridgeport, Connecticut to make a special bun just for Perry's. But unlike our split top bun of today, this was more a submarine sandwich roll. Harry cut a V-shaped notch wedge in the top of the bun, loading it up with meat. The bread was, the bread top was put back on and the sandwich was grilled and ready for takeout. Um, the Perry's trend caught fire and folks were soon enjoying this old-fashioned grilled submarine sandwich up and down the Connecticut coast. In the 1950s, lobster shacks were springing up all along the eastern seaboard, delighting the out-of-towners and local folks. But it wasn't until the 1970s that the lobster roll made major inroads in the foodie culture. Red Eats, a famous food stand on Maine's Route 1, helped boost the sandwich's popularity. Hmm. Cool. Wow. So I could go into great, great, greater details, but basically... There's been a lot of kind of, but that's kind of the tracing history. Also, again, I can say this, if you're ever in New England and you're not allergic to shellfish. Or the Canadian Maritimes. Or the Canadian Maritimes. <laughs> it is absolutely worth ordering it. And also be prepared to pay upwards of 25 to $30 for a lobster roll. Could for you? a sandwich? Yes. But it's piled. with lobster. It's like, it is so good. I, I hand to God, I kid you not. Like, it is so, like, <laughs> so you think it's absurd, but when you're eating it, it's worth every penny. Yes. It's worth every penny. Okay. Okay. Anyways, Morgan's judging me, but I, I'm not judging you. I just am very skeptical. Um. Anyways. Crisp island lager to pair with it. Oh, stop. <laughs> and a little side of fries. Like, that's chips. one thing little I chips. like. Little chips. Morgan's like, that's what I'll get. <laughs> I will get a side of fries. <laughs> of those three things, yeah. that's the one that I'm interested in. Amazing. So, anyways, and then obviously it became more and more popular, and now it is a very high end. I mean, you can get it at like quote unquote lobster shack, but you're still going to pay because it's like yeah, fresh yeah. lobster, but right. totally worth it again. Okay. Sense. The other thing is they talked a lot about F1, race, Formula One race. They Good sure one. did. And here's the thing. I got to be honest. Don't know a lot about racing. <laughs> Me neither. So I did a lot of Google searching and I basically was like, um, what do I need to know about Formula One racing? Found so, so, some interesting things. An article from radiotimes.com. Basically the question is, how does F1 work? exactly what I want to know. It's a great question. The premise is simple. 10 teams and 20 drivers race around 23 tracks across the world. Points are awarded to the top 10 with first place receiving 25 points and those behind collecting incrementally lower amounts. 
Race weekends traditionally been, or sorry, begin with practice on Fridays, qualifying on Saturdays, top with the main event, a Grand Prix, if you will, on Sundays. This can vary, uh, so you, they're recommending to catch schedules if you're trying to watch them. Sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, so um, Formula1.com, I wanted oh. to know what this is. Um, so this is very specific, and also like, I, um, if, if you want to watch it, you have to pay to watch it on most places. Um, so, okay, why is Formula One called Formula One? Hmm. As for why Formula One is called Formula One, this can be broken up into two parts. A formula, okay. if you will. First, the formula is a set of rules covering car design, engine size, component, usage, and much, much more. All competitors much, must abide by. Secondly, the one, or spelled out, or simply the number one, denotes that it is the premier formula. Okay. So there's also something called Formula Two. Yes, but like, so I asked Rabbit Draw. I asked Jeremiah, my my Jeremiah, okay. my husband Jeremiah, <laughs> what's Formula One, <laughs> and he described it as, quote unquote, fancy NASCAR. <laughs> That's actually what. As I was reading this, I was like, it feels very like, and it's it's in. So these NASCAR like, is not Formula One. No, 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 no. no, no. He said uh. Formula One is. Like takes place There's all way different over the cars world, too. but like look, a lot the of cars your, look like this for uh, Formula One. So they're very, very different type of cars. Said, oh, like from Cars Two, the movie Cars Two. Is that for like Formula One racing? I don't know. I've never seen that movie. I want to see. You've cars never two. seen Cars but Two. But Jeremiah said it's like there's a lot more like he's like guys, people who drive Formula One cars or drive form or do Formula One racing are more like athletic and skilled, and they yes. need to be in order to race. Uh -huh. Because of the types of vehicles and the, like it's the a course track. Is, it's not just like a circle, yeah. it's like a course that you go through. And he said it is like it's it's huge in Europe. Like it's oh yeah, Monaco and like all these places and yeah. Whereas, whereas is like cars too, you guys whereas NASCAR is NASCAR the car. bigger like the bigger um, athletic portion of it is like the pit crew idea. Yes. Yes. The pit crews are the kind of the people who are yes. running the show for NASCAR. Yes. And it's not it's less about the drivers Which is like about cars the pit crews. That's like cars one. Okay, so yes, I've seen that one. I've seen Cars One. Okay, well, Cars like, Two is kind of more like Cash Out. But then Francesco Bernoli is his okay in, and he's like that fancy no fenders whatever, and they race in Italy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably what it is then. We'll have to look into that. I mean, I guess also if, okay, if, if that's you're interested, a great movie. if you're also interested, there was a, apparently it's gotten pretty popular over the last few years. Um, but there is, I'm not recommending this. I'm just relaying information. There is a Netflix documentary series for, uh, and it's called Formula One Drive to S Survive. Um, so, and it was in 2021. So apparently according to that, that's popularized it recently sure. um, along the way. Okay, and then my thought was, how rich can these Formula One drivers be? How rich can you be? Not also with your, on, remember, Jeremiah yes. doesn't have his own family fortune to begin with. That's true. And then he also was a Formula One racer. So. Yes. And he was sponsored by Mercedes. I will say too that that like the way that it works is like it's like expensive brands yeah. have these elaborate like it's it's sure. very bougie. Like it's like you're not gonna oh, catch fancy NASCAR. Yeah, but like yes. you're not gonna catch someone who watches NASCAR also watching Formula One. Very different. Okay, I would think so. I mean, I'm not blanketing, but like it's it's from like, what you've from what you're reading from the research you have in ingested internalized. ingested internalized. Yes. That's yes. Okay. So. Um, this is um, how much do Formula One drivers make salaries and schedule for the 2023 F1 season? We're just going to so, talk. I don't. Let's talk about, about the schedule. I'm just going to talk about money. Oh, okay. Not all Formula One drivers are compensated equally, with salaries ranging from 
about 1 million to an impressive 55 million. <laughs> okay. So the low end is 1 million. Per race, per year? We what does that mean? It's we per season. It says per, per season. season. Per season. So probably per, less than a year. Wow. Because their seasons are pretty short. Like you, you you train pretty hardcore. Of course you do. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, so. One million is, to 55. So. Also, I would so like to say. Jeremiah Camden was probably on the top end because he was like winning Formula One races. So for years and years and years. On the top, top scale. So plus 55 million. Plus, plus family, family fortune. fortune. I oh bet he gosh. made upwards of like forty to forty-five million a seat. Like, oh my yeah, easily. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. No wonder why he had the fancy Appleton house, right? No wonder. Anyways, that was delightful. So, and please don't quote quote me on my Formula One <laughs> racing knowledge. <laughs> <I was. laughs> it's just mm-hmm. and a fancy NASCAR. Fancy NASCAR. The swoon scale. The swoon scale. The swoon scale. All right, Becky, it's, this one goes out to you. This one goes out to you because this is where it the all began. The OG. Right here with our first Becky Wade book that we read on the pod. Stay with me. And we said, this book is so swoony. We have to have a category. I think we start off by saying it was called The Swoon Factor, and then we decided Swoon Scale. Swoon, swoon Scale, because alliteration. Alliteration, always. Um, always, so always. So, today... Let's talk about first, for the memories. I mean, we mentioned it kind of at the beginning of the, of the podcast, because of Morgan's belief that potentially that's why this she is in the book. It. It's a very good... It's plausible. It's, it's plausible. It's, it's not plausible. It's not outside the realm of plausible. So, what is the Swoon Scale, Madeline, for our listeners, in case this is the first episode that you ever heard from Redeeming Lit Podcast? Um... The swoon scale is how we rate the swooniness of the book and the characters therein based on a scale from zero to Colin Firth in a wet shirt from Pride and Prejudice, the 1995 adaptation starring Colin Firth. Did it? <laughs> so, yes. Colin Firth in a wet shirt. Today, our category is swooniest main lighthouses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm so done. ready. I'm so ready. Our subcategory of Our subcategory. Now, yes. if you think this book is as swoony as Colin Firth in a wet shirt, then that oh. would be, that would still that's be. That's always on the table. That's always on the table. So you could say, my swooniest main lighthouse is Colin Firth in a wet shirt. <laughs> or, you know, that could be your swoon scale. Morgan's face, I think she's pondering she's if she wants to go there. It. Do, you, do you want yeah. one of us to go first? Yeah, one of you guys. Madeline, do you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Do, okay. Okay. <laughs> she just got so giddy. I wish y'all could see the, her face. Okay, I'll go first. I was trying to decide between two. Um, but. Oh my gosh, the silence. Okay, I'm go, sorry. Go, go. I, no, I just made my decision. Okay, so I picked a lighthouse in Maine called the Whaleback Lighthouse. Um. And the Whaleback Lighthouse is um, located somewhere called Kitterly. 1,500 feet. Kitterly. Kitterly. Kittery. Kitter. Kittery. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> My phone's on low power mode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's also just overcome with the screen. Kittery. Kittery. It says 1,500 feet from the main New Hampshire border. Ooh. Okay. And the reason I picked this is it's because it's kind of foreboding. Um, we'll include a picture, obviously. Obvious. But it's like, it's in the middle of its own, like, rock island, Ooh, kind of by itself. Okay, okay. And it's only accessible by water. Okay. It's the only way you can get to this lighthouse. Can you please repeat the name of the It's lighthouse? called the Whaleback Lighthouse. Okay. Um, named after, recalling one of the planet's most 
majestic creatures. Wow. Okay, so the this, reason this one was on my list. It's not the one I picked. No, but it was okay. On my list. I almost picked this one. Okay, well I'm glad I went with this one and not the other one. Then. Um, I picked this lighthouse because while it's like beautiful and majestic, it's also like isolated and completely like walled off, if you will, from like you literally can only get to it by boat. So I felt like, first of all, that doesn't really describe like how swoony I thought the characters were. I thought it was very swoony. And I picked this because I felt like, oh, this is, this describes the relationship aspect, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So you had this wonderful, like intricate main character who was surrounding herself with these walls. And then the way that Jeremiah so patiently pursued her oh, until she was ready. Not like with a bulldozer, like coming and mm -hmm. knocking down her walls, like just letting her reach out to him as he's like reaching out to her. And I thought like, what a picture was this like lighthouse? <laughs> Isolated and by itself, only accessible by water. And I feel like that's kind of their relationship and how Jeremiah like waited to her. Mm -hmm. And um, ugh, the patience and the pursuit was so swoony and honestly mm -hmm. very there's a lot of spiritual connotations there lots mm -hmm. of spiritual connotations there and i uh adored their relationship the swoony wow that was me all right do you want me to go next morning yes okay so i went so earlier today i was doing some research on lighthouses and <clears throat> i was really trying to find one that was restored to its former beauty and it was even more beautiful. Here's the thing, gotta be honest, ran out of time. So instead I picked okay. <laughs> a lighthouse in Maine that I was at um, when I was in oh. Portland. So Portland Headlight. Um, so this is the oldest lighthouse um, in all of Maine and is also one of the, oh, sorry, <clears throat> it was just captured by its beauty. Um, uh, the oldest <laughs> lighthouse in all of Maine is also one of the most breathtaking. The 80-foot-tall Portland Head Light has helped guide ships into the Portland Harbor in Cape Elizabeth's Casso Bay for over 230 years. Um, and so one of the things about this, it's very picturesque. Here, I'll show you ladies so, so you can get a view of it. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And so part of it is when I think one of the reasons why I was really happy that we did this lighthouse um, is because I also found the book V V V V Swoony. Um, but one of the things is the thing about a lighthouse is that um, it doesn't move. And I think mm -hmm. that one of the things that I found swooniest about this was that despite Jeremiah not knowing who he was, his understanding of how to relate to Remy was I'm not gonna push. And yes, some of that was after he found out obviously about her past, but there was a part of it where his pursuit of her was absolutely and totally on her terms and on her territory. And I feel like there's something about like, this, and this beautiful lighthouse, it's like set on like, you know, it's, if you think of a picturesque lighthouse, there's like a little house next to it. It's like very stately. And then there's all these beautiful rocks. And like, I remember when I was there, it literally takes your breath away at the beauty of it. Cause you can kind of walk all around to like different parts of like the kind of rocks and stuff and like look up and it's just beautiful. And I think that there's a part of it where, um, cause also the water creates these rocks and these caveats. And I think that, you know, Remy has such kind of deep crevices and deep things that, that, that she's working through. And instead of Jeremiah coming through and 
using his fame, fortune, mm -hmm. and all these things that would normally be his Jeremiah 1.0 um, right. reason, mm -hmm. he is set as this steady light. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was just spectacular. And I feel like it's been a long time since I read a swoony book that was swoony in the pursuit of um, the woman versus the character's like just dialogue. I mean, because that was Swoony, but like it was his actual pursuit of her and like how gentle he was and how like kind he was. And the truth of like, it's, it reminded me, have you guys ever heard the phrase, um, if he wanted to, he would? Have you ever heard of that? So it's what? this like common saying in dating where it's like the concept of if a guy wants to do something, he oh, will literally yes. move mountains. Gotcha. And so if you as a woman are dating and settling for a guy who won't even text you back, if he wanted to, he would. And the concept, and I feel like Jeremiah embodied gotcha. that. It was very spoony and yes. I could go on and on about it. But to me, it was like this lighthouse. And I just remember the breeze and the sea air and just the idea of, I also pictured them just like standing. At the lighthouse. At the lighthouse. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's just magic. And it's so swoony. You've done it again, Becky. You've done oh, it again. Love it. Also, I mean, her books are all swoony for the record. That's true. Oh, man. Yes. In the best ways. Oh. Okay, Morgan. Okay, so I have mine and I'm feeling very silly now for picking what I picked because you guys, I agree with everything that both of you said. I went for kind of like a different route. Just Kind of straightforward oh. swooniness. Like, oh, like, 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 like which lighthouse looks the swooniest? No, but you'll see in a minute. But like, <laughs> you, it felt like you guys really like felt, I have some deep things to say in the God Factor section, but I don't have anything deep to say here. <laughs> it's fine. Is we, what didn't, I'm we, saying. Didn't, we didn't plan what we so were going to say. So both of you guys, it so felt fine. like it was really just like meaningful and you just really pull from your soul. And that was beautiful. And I agree with all of this. This came from a different place. So the lighthouse that I picked was, it is called Spring Point Ledge Lighthouse. Here's a picture. <laughs> Don't know why I'm getting Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to read the little descriptor. It's uh, Spring Point Ledge Light was built in 1897 to warn mariners of a dangerous ledge in Portland Harbor. The light resembles, so it's not even really a light, it's literally just like the, almost like the top it's portion on of the, the ledge. It's literally yeah. right on the ledge. Whoa. Okay. I'm, now I feel like I could say more. I don't know. A dangerous ledge in Portland Harbor. <laughs> the light resembles a giant spark plug sitting at the end of a granite breakwater in South Portland. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Okay. So, if I had a minute, I probably could elaborate on why I chose this, but I'm just going to give it to you straight. Do this it. is why give I chose it. Give it to it. straight up. felt like it's a very masculine looking it is. structure. Okay. And Jeremiah's a very swoony masculine man. Also, the light is just, it's right there, kind of out on this ledge, boom, and then surrounded, the picture surrounded on it is just sky. And it's beautiful and breathtaking and glorious. And that was the swoon factor for me of this book. I just took it all in. It was so swoony. Every like breathtaking moment, I was just like, <gasps> and then whatever they like had their like dark moment towards the end, you're like, Gah! I was just feeling everything. I was feeling everything with them. So that's why I chose this because I thought the picture was the most like just this beautiful breathtaking thing and then the light itself looked very masculine and I could just imagine Jeremiah as a lighthouse keeper in like galoshes and that was working for me. Fisherman sweater. Fisherman sweater and galoshes, right? Sure. 
Absolutely. Love it. There we go. That's my <laughs> But <laughs> honestly, I was thinking about changing it to Colin Firth in a wet shirt because this book was very, was very scary I could for see me. your wheels and turning. We, oh. we would say yes. Okay. For, for the sake of the fact that I already had picked a lighthouse, that's really why I'm going with the lighthouse. Sure. But honestly, it was right there. It was right there. I'm trying to like envision in my brain, okay, if I'm sitting here watching 1995 Pride and Prejudice, Mr. Darcy is emerging from that pond. Elizabeth, <gasps> gasp. Mr. Darcy's like, <gasps> Miss Bennet. That's swoony. I feel like I feel the same level of swoon. What? This has I, never happened before. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Wait. I think this book. Okay, you know what? I'm changing it. I'm changing it. This book for me is called Personal Wet Shirt. That's it. It's it. I wish I had a confetti cannon. We have to. We need to have some sort of sting that's like. Or just the sound effect of Mr. Darcy. Um. So, oh my wow. Odette and I just stood just up and danced. Stood up and we were so dancing. overcome. Because, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. For the record, oh I want to let you know, Morgan, you could find more than one book throughout our podcast, That's Phony. Sure. But so I sound like you, the no, point no, is I have not. No, no, but I'm saying like this isn't like this is the only time you could ever think something is That's Phony. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's oh, not like a one-use situation. This probably one is the one-use situation. That's it. I used my card. There it is. Um, I do think, but this, I do believe, is the first book that I've yes. found as Spoonie. Wow. Like, the other, the, the Becky Wade book, Stay With Me, that we read last season was probably the closest, yes. but I, this book, to me, was more Spoonie. This was before one. he got into the pond, and this one's full of when he gets out. He's emerging <laughs> from the lake. Oh, my God. Little... Yes. I feel oh, like, though, here's oh the thing. God. I just have to say that if Becky Wade was inspired by our swoon scale to potentially put that in the book, not saying she was again, but the fact that you found this book as swoony as that moment feels kismet to me, to be honest. To be honest. <laughs> to be honest. In a, in a lot of ways. Maybe it is. Um, Maybe. Wow. It's kismet. Okay, so... Um, we have to move on from here. <laughs> can we do highs and lows first and then God Factor? Because yeah, I feel course, like yeah. I can't transition into... Yeah, of course, um, of course. Sure. So... Um, one thing I wanted to share, um, this from uh, a high for me is, and I think I brought this up in the Excuse last me. Becky Wade book, is she writes things that are so relatable. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm just finding a page in the book, sorry, if, if you hear the pages turning in the background. I literally like marked the page. So um, a high for me is the description and how she just puts you in the character's space. And if you've ever experienced something, she makes it so relatable. And you just feel like, Oh, someone gets me. So on page 213 and 214, it's right after um, she and Jeremiah kiss for the first time and she like runs out um, and she's having a panic attack. Um, and um, so I just wanted to read this and you'll understand why this is a high for me because the way she described this, I feel like is what my therapist had told me back when I used to have panic attacks. Um, so a panic attack was thundering towards her like a runaway train. She learned techniques for this. Maybe she could head it off, maybe. She halted near a fire table circled by chairs and focused her whirling thoughts on the detail of the nearest chair, Adirondack, Adirondack, Brazilian walnut, warm, rich, color tone. She counted it as she inhaled, one, two, three, four, five, retained the breath for a few seconds, counted as she exhaled. Concentrating, she relaxed her muscles and made herself breathe deeper. So this to me is like the reason why I'm like, there were so many highs, there were so many moments, but for me, this spoke to me because this is exactly what people in 
the medical um, or not the the mental well medical but mental health will tell you that if you have panic attacks, it's to center yourself in the room, and like think about things. Like they also talk about like the feel of texture. So like if you're having a panic attack, it's like okay, what are my feet touching? What are my hands touching? And for me, the fact that Becky did some like it, I literally cried during this in in a really good because yes, because it was also a reminder of that those things work, but also how far I've come that I don't have those regularly anymore. Yeah. So I think it's like okay. this thing that that. Becky does is it just weaves you into the story and you feel like it's just so relatable and I know that that's a weird high because I think it's because it felt so real that it it, it was just and it's true yeah. like that's absolutely yeah. what you do um another high for me was um the dialogue was just 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. and just the yes. the witty banter back and forth and one of my, my, my favorite things throughout the story and the romance was when Jeremiah would say something point blank like you feel the sexual tension between us and Romeo would be like no yet her body reacted uh -huh. and it's like, like that was just delightful and you could just like it, it was just amazing um and I don't know that other than kind of what I mentioned from the fact that there are trigger warnings um I don't think those are lows those are just more low points in the book um but again she handles it really well and, and the redemption mark which, which I'm sure that we'll talk about is um really important so Again, kind of an odd high for me, but I just was so moved. I like marked the page last night and I was like, I need to, or two nights ago. And I just like, cause it, it felt so real. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And, or even if you're just feeling overwhelmed, I think that that technique of like taking in the, like stopping and taking in things and textures and smells and sounds around you and like centering yourself is really important. So, mm -hmm. um, little tip there for you too. So anyways, awesome. Wait, did you say hello? I did. I said yeah. trigger. Oh, the trigger one. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I didn't have any. <laughs> That's okay. I know. <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out. Because I just thought the book was so sweet and tender. Like, yeah. I don't know any of those. Who wants to go next for your highs and lows? Sure, me too. Do you want to? I sure, you can go next. Okay, so I'm going to take it a little bit um, more serious, I guess, for my high. Um, this is touching a little bit on what you said, Odette, okay. um, but actually I feel kind of opposite of it. So everyone's, everyone's experience and everyone's stuff is different, but, um, I'm not going to get into any details and I'm not going to go too personal, but, um, as someone who has experienced, uh, certain levels of some sexual assault trauma in their past, I actually found a high for me was the way that Becky Wade touched on um the tentative steps into intimacy with another person mm -hmm. after um trauma and i for, again everything's extremely personal everybody has different experiences but for me this was actually extremely relatable mm -hmm. and as i was reading this i found myself just going yeah Oh my gosh, yes, that's 100% yes, that's what it's like, yes, that's, these are the thoughts, these yes. are the things, these are yes. the, these are the pitfalls, these are the setbacks. And so I, for me, I, that was a big high, because I was like, wow, nailed it. Like, that, it felt so extremely relatable to me for that specific arena, if that yeah. makes sense, I guess. Again, everybody's different, so that might not be everybody's experience, and you should still tread with caution. Yes. Um, if that is a trigger for you, but for me, I found that extremely, mm -hmm. uh, relatable and it, it very, like seeing, <laughs> seeing stuff like that. If this is something that you have struggled with mm -hmm. and something that you have felt, um, 
that is maybe a, a failing or a lack mm. in in you, and then you see it portrayed on the page, mm. and see people like working through things. You're like, oh, it's not just me. Oh, other people deal with this too. You know what yes. I mean? Even though I know it's yeah. a fiction book, whatever. But that was actually a really big high for me. So I think that that it could potentially also be beneficial for yes. someone. Um, and I have no loves. I cannot think of a single low point of this book for me. I loved it. I gave it five stars. I loved it so much. I have no lows. Um, maybe... You don't have to have lows. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anything that I disliked about this. I would have liked... I could have stood for maybe one more Wendell and Marisol scene. Maybe it's a bit of a low that I only got the one that I got. I thought they were adorable. And I would have liked to see a little bit more. Maybe we will. Yeah. As the books go on. It'll come up. That's true. Yeah. Sons um, of Scandal. That was amazing. Well, Sons of Scandal. Sons of Scandal. <laughs> well, and I think part of it, too, is that the realness that Becky Wade writes her books, mm -hmm. you are fully immersed in the world and you feel like it's real. Yeah. So it feels like this thing, which is, it's similar. Like, what I related to yeah. is something that I've experienced, but you related yeah. to something that you've experienced, and you're like, oh my God, she gets it, you know? And mm -hmm. I feel like that's one of the reasons why her books resonate so much is because of that that realness and that yes. um, authenticity authenticity that yeah. she brings to the book. That's so, good. Alan, highs and lows for you. Um, I think, oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to articulate, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to decide if I want to share this now or if I want to share this in the God Factor. Maybe I'll, no. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Game day decision. Well, I think that just, I don't think that I have a low. I don't think that I have a low either. I can't think of one. I've been trying. I've been sitting here trying to think of a little. I don't. I don't care what anybody says. I don't have any lows. <laughs> um, and my high is all of the flirtatious oh. back and forth banter yes. between Remy and Jeremiah. All of the like when she first meets Jude, and then she's like flirting with Jeremiah, but telling Jeremiah, like, oh, well, I was only going to come over to your house if Jude was going to be there. Because he's yes. really cute. Oh, and, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it was the best. And then the, te the text <laughs> message she, for that. Yes. I love it. Was was like, was, do you want to come this thing? And she's like, well, if Jude's going Jude to be there. <laughs> my future husband. My future husband, Jude. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, oh, I love it. God. I love it so much. And That's I don't have any I'm sorry. No. Why, That's why are you sorry? That's fabulous. None of us really had lows. You know what? Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, sorry not, not sorry. sorry. Um, Madeline, do you want to just I go do your have vector? Yeah, why don't yes, you start? Do it. <laughs> why don't you start? Okay. Sail us right now. Oh, just sail right out there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I think my God factor is I've literally been thinking, sorry, I've literally been thinking about it. Since I finished this book, and I can't decide. I'm literally sneaking a chip, so those are the sounds that she was trying to be sneaky, but it was making it louder. <laughs> it was so loud. I couldn't. Just kick the chip. This is bad. Doing up. it. Um, <laughs> My own's getting serious about God. <laughs> um, no, I've been like thinking about it and like dwelling on it for a couple days, and I feel like this book. You don't see like a 100% redemption arc, like full That's circle true. complete mm -hmm. um, in this book yeah. for Remy or Jeremiah. And I'm okay with that actually, because um, 
life is not like a Christian fiction novel. And I think what? people exactly. I think people will spend their lives. You know, some people's like full circle. Like some people have this like conversion experience, and that circle in their lives is like complete, and they've had this full circle redemption moment, and it's beautiful. And some people have them over and over and over and over again. And some people mm-hmm. will will search their whole lives, and they won't get that moment until they're like standing in front of Jesus, and they've died. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're in they're they're, they're in glory. They're in glory. Yeah, like they won't get it until then. So I feel like. The way that the book ends, like, I was not upset at all with, like, it kind of being an incomplete circle, if you will. But I thought it was such a picture of um, trust Mm. and control. Like, what the opposite of trusting is just trying to control everything and do everything yourself. And I think that, like, Remy and Jeremiah are, like, complete opposites, right? Because Remy had, a hor- of course, suffered this horrible thing. Yeah. And so, in one sense, had the need to put things in her life that she could control mm-hmm. so that she could recover. Yes. But then they became this sort of crutch. Mm-hmm. And she was in a cycle that she wasn't... Moving forward. That yeah. where she was she was stuck in a place of allowing herself to um, she was allowing herself to stay in this place mm-hmm. instead of experiencing true freedom mm-hmm. um, she was keeping the control on lockdown and, and it kept her from experiencing this full redemption this full freedom okay and then you, so there's Remy and then you have Jeremiah who literally cannot do anything but trust. He doesn't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't remember who he is. There's no control. There's zero control in his life. He couldn't control if he wanted to. He literally can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. So you have like, they're the juxtaposition of these two is, it's magnificent mm-hmm. to watch the way she like crafts this story. Mm-hmm. And there's a few like key moments key moments where again the circle is not fully there but like it's obvious what she's painting in my mind I'm like this is a beautiful description of (laughs) what Mm -hmm. trust in Jesus feels like Mm -hmm. looks like sounds like Mm -hmm. like and and she's creating it in this relationship between these two people right she's emulating in this relationship between these two people and there's these moments where like in Jeremiah's pursuit of her and we talked about that before like where she's letting these like walk like she's letting go mm-hmm. and like take relinquishing her control mm-hmm. and she like gets these tastes of freedom and in the end when she kind of has this like moment where she remembers like Wendell giving her this biblical advice about like what it looks like to trust and like that's what triggers her like I I I was wrong like I I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that in that situation like yeah. I was reverting back to these cycles mm-hmm. these patterns of controlling behavior in my li- in my own life what I what I put in to help me heal has now like is holding me back and is keeping me in bondage and I just thought it was so oh, it was so 
beautiful. And there's this one moment, again, not a full circle. So you don't get that like nice ribbon bow tied at the end of just like everyone is so confident now <laughs> in their faith in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and everything is fine. You don't get that. But there's this moment when they're fighting and you get, because up until this point, all these, I'm sorry, this is so long way. Okay. Up until this point, all these elements that Remy has used to control her life have seemed really positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really positive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's built walls and he's been working to lower them, but like still these things feel really positive. And then they're having this fight and she says, oh my gosh, I'm just going to read it. She says, no, no, um, okay. Um, okay, I'm just going to read it with you. There's no context here, but no, no more. She reached her limit and now must end this. I think it would be best if you leave. He remained stock still, hectic, suffer hectic suffering in his gaze. She played her ace in the hole. When I asked Gavin to leave, he didn't listen. Will you listen? He walked slowly through the to the door. After pulling it open, he turned, I've hurt you and I'm sorry. When can we talk about this? She said, I don't know. Her voice broke. She stiffened her posture. Oh! <laughs> but like, that's like this moment where it's like, suddenly this you see what mm -hmm. has happened in her heart mm -hmm. and now she's using this very thing mm -hmm. that was healthy before and she's twisted it mm -hmm. and now the enemy is using it to control her and yes. keep her back and hurt other people yeah. right she's been hurting now she's hurting yeah. other people and it's like such a picture of like mm -hmm. whoa this is what uh -huh. can happen if mm -hmm. you if you yeah. let these things mm -hmm. lock you in and keep mm -hmm. you from experiencing full freedom so that was a really long-winded way to say it but i feel like trust and freedom are like huge um yes. themes in this book and Again, not a full circle, like, redemption arc, but I loved the way that it, like, lit I've literally, I haven't been able to stop thinking about, like, mm -hmm. what what it is yeah. and what all the all the ramifications of it for the past, like, five days. I love that. <laughs> so good. That's awesome. Go next or next? Sure, I'm going next. Um, so mine is, is a little bit more probably surface level, um, but you even touched on it a little bit in yours, Madeline. The... Um, where Remy is talking to Wendell, and I don't even remember what point in the story it was at, but she was talking a little bit about just, you know, like feeling alone and feeling like she couldn't trust anyone or whatever. And then Wendell had said to her that Jesus has, God has a particular soft spot for us whenever we um, are at our lowest, basically. Like, mm -hmm. whenever we are dejected, whenever we feel the most alone, that's actually when God's closest because he has such a soft spot for us. Even if we don't feel him, even if we, it, if, if we don't see him in that at the time, that's when he's the closest to us because... Um, the, the phrase he has a soft spot for it that really stuck out to me mm -hmm. um, but I don't know I probably read that like three times like when I first read it I was like oh I want to go back and read that again and I just loved that so much because I think that that's it's just again there plays to the Becky Waits kind of relatability in her <laughs> writing style but that's so it's true <laughs> because when you're in those dark moments the furthest thing 
God seems like the furthest thing. Peace and security seem like the furthest thing from where you're sitting. And in reality, God is right there because you're still in the palm of his hand. He's still right there. His presence is still there. We just aren't focusing on it. We can't always see it. Um, but just because you can't always see it doesn't mean that he's not there. And then then you get some distance from it and you look back and you're able to see it. Mm-hmm. You pinpoint it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost always. 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 Like, that's yeah. happened to me every time. I've been like, oh my gosh, that was God. Yes. That night, mm-hmm. that time, that right. whatever, whatever, that yeah. was God. Shine, let, letting his light shine through when I was just so focused on the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just loved, I just thought that mm-hmm. scene was beautiful mm-hmm. and it was really like poignantly poignantly worded so that was mine so mine was kind of a combination of both of yours but that mm-hmm. passage too Morgan really stuck out mm-hmm. to me I read it multiple times mm-hmm. um, but one thing I wanted to, to bring up is how gentle and long-suffering it might seem to someone of her journey of Remy's journey to finding at least freedom in, in a certain sense. As Madeline said, you don't get the full circle, but you got enough of a taste that it literally brought tears to my eyes. The reunion really, and, and what kind of set it off for Remy was the reunion between yes. Marisol and mm-hmm. Wendell and this part mm-hmm. of like, what am I missing out on though? Yeah. Because I'm trapped mm-hmm. in these things that as Madeline said, used to be good, but now I'm using them as yeah. kind of crutches. And I, I feel like we all have those things with, whether it's a extreme trauma or not that we like yeah. cling to mm-hmm. and they start out being good. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they can become the very yeah. thing that actually is taking us away from uh, growing closer to God maybe or those kind of things. And I'm not yeah. saying that yeah. things that help you move past trauma are bad right. whatsoever. That, that's not what I'm saying. And But I think there was such a um, relatability to the fact that like some things are so hard and mm-hmm. it's not this Saul of Tarsus kind of moment and I think that a lot of times in books there's this moment where you're like you know and I love that we all love that that redemption arc but to me this was more of instead of it just being a full arc it was more like a redemptive kind of weaving path and it was beautiful because there was moments because even Jeremiah had to come to terms with that like he couldn't also do it on his own like there was a part of it is he thought he could be like oh if, if I'm always in control <laughs> of my emotions and then when he let it slip, yes, he said hurtful things, but Remy also shut down entirely. And so there's part of it where I'm not saying, I'm not blaming her, I'm not blaming him, I'm just saying that sometimes I think that we can then think, well, if I control everything that I say or I can do this and do that, when the reality is it has to be God. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, yes, someone's love for you and someone showing you freedom and those things and even like that you can have intimacy um, with someone else is uh, freeing. But truth is, people can't bring you the freedom that God can. I feel like that was really beautiful. The other thing that stuck out to me is that she talked a lot about shame throughout the book and the shame she felt. Yeah. There was a particular sentence that I literally like, I like stopped reading and reread it a few times just because it said, um, so this is apparently on page 214 is I got a lot of things from even though it's very traumatic <laughs> side. Um, so yet staying silent was what an ashamed person would do. Yet she had no reason to feel ashamed. Even so, shame always, always tried to score her with its talons. She loathes shame. And I feel like regardless of what you've done, that sometimes shame is the thing that actually keeps you bound. Mm -hmm. And the idea of what the gentleness, because it felt like her revelations of God and the fact that it was okay to move on and okay to accept the fact that she wasn't going to have all the answers. And like there was this, you know, um, sorry for the sounds. Um, uh, uh, I don't know what's happening. Um, Probably (laughs) just someone in and out of their apartment door. But anyways, um, 
so I feel like there's this point when it's this like gentle turning and I feel like a lot of it for, for most of us that's what it's like is yes we can have re revelatory moments but then we have to decide what are we going to do with that because most of us don't have this thing that is so transformative that it changes everything about who we are you know and and I think that that like taking steps are super important and just the idea of like if there's shame that sometimes can be worse than the actual thing mm -hmm. and letting that go and giving that to God and surrendering that um, because there is a part and I know that that's something that you know churches talk about and people talk about and like that 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 um, that shame specifically can be pretty pretty in, intense and a lot to deal with and figure out but um, anyway so for me there, there there was so much there Madeline the stuff you said was super good too because I just think there's so many things that like we could go down this path and to me even though it was subtle in certain ways it also felt like if you're looking for it, it's there in a big way. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's that's one of the reasons why this book stuck out to me is because it felt like a real journey of to like it feels like reading a memoir. Yeah, in a way, <laughs> in in the best way. And it's like oh, but there I know that God's gonna be part of Remy's story. How's it gonna be? Yeah, you know yeah. I know that. God, because even Jeremiah like goes back to God and his family's like, you weren't a Christian before. He's like, I am now, you know, mm -hmm. like, and yeah, he goes yeah. to church and he does these things. So there's a part of it where his own redemption and his own thing. And also the surrender of, I'm actually not going to, I can't control Remy. I can't control, <laughs> even if I keep everything bottled up, and even if I wait for her to make moves and do all these things, I still can't control it. So, yeah. um, really, really good. And again, oh, it was so, awesome. Awesome. so good. Um, also this book. <laughs> This book was amazing, and was this so episode good. was longer, and we're not going to apologize. <laughs> no. Yay, two-hour episodes. You love them. <laughs> but you know what we are going to do, though, is we're going to read um, yes. our listener. Yes. I told you that, that I would help us remember. Yes. Good Thanks for that. Um, no problem. Um, let me find it real quick. <clears throat> we have a... Um, one of our lovely listeners sent us a direct message after the release of our previous, the podcast that just yes. came out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Madeline, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Sure. I'll read it. Okay. Okay. Should I say the name? Yeah. I should say the name, right? That's the first just, name. Just the, the first, first name. name. Okay. So this is a message from Lauren. We love you, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Um, so this is in response to our, I think our... Undetected. undetected, yes. yes. Undetected, Dean Henderson. Okay. <laughs> she said, hey, I read Undetected a long time ago, and it is interesting. <laughs> a lot of her most recent books do include characters from previous books, especially Paul and Anne from Full Disclosure. Have any of you read that one? Of course I did. Yes. Yes? Did. Okay. Here's the, the thing. Those books I haven't read as many times, so like, if I start reading it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But like okay. right now... Other than I remember, I read a book called Full Disclosure. I can't tell full you. Full Disclosure. She can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. Full Disclosure. <laughs> I'm sure though, because I didn't have like Undetected was legitimately the only book that I didn't absolutely like love, love, love of D. Henderson's. Uh -huh. I'm pretty sure that I would have liked Full Disclosure, knowing me. Okay, Lauren continues and says, I also listened to the interview with T.I. Lowe. Shout out to Yellow. And I 1,000% recommend reading a book by Nicole Dees. Mm -hmm. She is an auto... Auto-buy? Auto-buy author. Like auto an autobiographical author. No. She buys every every book that Nicole Dees... An auto-buy author. Auto oh, oh auto-buy book. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I like not... that Madeline and I were just like, wait, what? <laughs> that took me a minute. I was like, She's an auto-buy author, and her last four releases have been incredible. Twice, I was unsure about the plots, but her writing has a way of pulling you into the story. If I had to pick a favorite, it would be All That Really Matters. If you guys end up reading 
the words we lost, her latest release for an episode, then I would suggest trying a blackberry lemonade slush and some cheddar and caramel popcorn on the episode. I love, I love it. Because honestly, I'm all about food and book pairing. Yes, me too. I think that's so fun. And it honestly makes me want to read that book. I know, me too. Just to have <laughs> our snacks pre, pre-set out. Pre, Pre-established snacks. Maybe, I love maybe it. the snack stitch is something that we need to incorporate into season three. It's oh, like, what, what snacks do like we need? Like specifying the snacks to the book. Yes. That's 100%. Let's do that for sure. <laughs> Sorry, hold up, there was a child just screaming in the hall. There's wasn't, neighbors two doors down and have a lot of children. Um, and Lauren says, Redeeming Lit is my favorite podcast. Can't wait to listen to more episodes. Keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Yes. We love you. Lauren is one of, our, um, one of our most uh, faithful commenters. We have a couple who are just comment so often on our stuff and Lauren has consistently given us some fun like recommendations. She's recommended several books. She recommended Meet Me in the Margins, right? Margins. Which she we read, read yes. first semester yes. and then first semester. First, first, first season. season. And she's recommending a book that we're reading. We can't say it yet. We can't say it yet. But, but a Lauren book recommended later of, is yeah, later another Lauren recommendation. <laughs> so thank you, Lauren. We love you so much. Yay, thank, thank you, Rex. Thank you. Um, and anyone else, if you got Rex yes. for um, a book, or, or snackage or recommendations snacks. for yeah. any upcoming um, episodes, yes, please do let us know because you yes. know how we like to snack. We, it's true. You, you can literally tell by do. all the crunching in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Anything. We used to be, we used to snack before and now we just snacked. No, snack we just, no shame anymore. We just no snack shame. during the podcast. No shame. And I'm not even giving a housekeeping for snacking. You know us and you know no, that that are going to be snacks. Okay, so real quick, <laughs> listeners. Thank you for bearing with us in this yes. long adventure. I promise you that the screaming you're hearing, if you hear it, is outside my apartment and the child is fine. They don't. Hopefully, we don't know. We don't actually know because we're inside. <laughs> well, the apartment, I'm just saying so. that, like, I've heard this child before. Oh, okay. Like, it's anyways. This is a standard. It's a neighbor. It's a neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but what book and what is our new theme coming up next, ladies? Oh, I'm so we're gonna start talking about this. <laughs> okay, the next theme is one that we are lovingly referring to as quirky slash offbeat picks. And this specifically was we wanted to pick um, <laughs> kind of funky themes, maybe that you don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, just some interesting, specifically in Christian fiction, but a lot of times just in general, you don't see a lot of these. Um, and so the first book that we are reading in this theme is called The Reliance by Mary Lou Tyndall, who is actually someone who's been writing Christian fiction for a lot of years. I've never read it, but this is a pirate book. It's a pirate <laughs> book, people. I'm so excited. And little shout out for an Easter egg that we didn't intentionally do, but... If we remember in the Bookshop of Secrets, we told Molly yes. Rushmeyer in the interview that one of the things we wanted, that we had picked yep. a pirate book, and then we delightfully had pirates in that book. That's so technically right. this is our second... That's true. I mean, it was that, that was not a pirate book. There was yes. pirates in it, so very different. Yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. We're so going full pirate We're going to walk people. the plank. Be prepared for all the... Oh, my God. Be prepared for all the... <laughs> Shiver me timbers. This book is going to be great. <laughs> Why did I want to say great like Tony the Tiger? <laughs> wow, that's going to be a fun episode. So uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep keep it lit. lit!